on the Pilot TV podcast this week, we are on the road with Dr. Teeth in Disney Plus Henson Revival Muppets Mayhem, discovering the wonder down under in £10 Poms on the Beeb and watching it all burn down in City on Fire, which lands on Apple TV. But speaking Plus. of Apple... Plus? Apple TV Plus. Apple TV Plus. I host Are you heckling my yes. intro? Yes, I am. I host an event for Apple TV yes, oh, Plus. Here we and they objected. Yeah. And in the rehearsal, right. I said um, Apple TV and I was corrected in no uncertain Ooh. terms. Apple TV Plus, so I'm now on it. Okay, all right. Plus. But the difference is we're not being paid by Apple, so well, we can say what we want. That's true. Okay, sure. That's true, we can. We can go off script, which we have done because we don't have one. We'll get onto that in a second. Uh, oh, fine. So that's on Apple TV Plus. Yeah. But speaking of Apple... TV Plus yep. uh, the undisputed start of last week's release schedule The Magnificent Silo uh, landed on Apple this week and, uh, and was reviewed on Thursday's Pilot Plus and I spoke to star Rebecca Ferguson all about that Woo! Yes This has already gone off the rails I'm James Dyer and welcome to the Pilot TV Podcast your essential guide to every show that matters and a podcast that is flying by the seat of its pants this week as in solidarity with the current writer's strike has decided not to write any semblance of a script whatsoever So we're just going to see how that pans out We're going to rely on wit on guile on improvisational cunning So So it's all going to shit So I'm going to apologise in advance Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, basically that Uh, But I'm not doing it solo I have already been interrupted at least three times by both of them. So helping me muddle through this particular endeavour are the two other legs of Pilot TV's three-legged wonky table. Uh, it's TV's Boyd Hilton <laughs> and Star Trek's Kay Ribeiro. <laughs> Hello. Hi. I've um, erected a um, a picket line as well. I have you? Outside, yeah. Just right. So if it, ever, if it looks like I'm writing any kind yeah. of notes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Rest assured. Like, yeah. No, and and, and it's, I should point out, this is entirely in solidarity with the writers oh, and yeah. in no yes. way because yes. I was out last night was very tired and didn't have the time. Uh, so that's James on the crucial. lash. Truth I, will out. I was spectacularly on not the on the lash. I went James out for a lash. curry <laughs> and had a diet Coke. So, no, I was not Still, on the lash. That's a, that's a wild, heady night wild, for you. Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. It was. It was a dishoom. I queued. I queued for a dishoom. Oh, wow. God, I mean, look, I say they I do. queued. I didn't queue. I got people to queue for me, but that's neither here nor there. You got oh. people to queue for you. Oh well, yeah, so so and you I called did, me a diva. No, no, no. It wasn't diverish. It was I was meeting friends for dinner and I said I'd be there at 7:30. Let's queue for Dishoom. I cunningly turned up at eight just as oh, they got to the front no. of the queue yes. and they oh just my God, James, breezed no. in. Just oh You're breezed that guy. in. Do not be that guy. <laughs> I actually didn't do it deliberately. It was, in oh fact, an accident. Because we were also doing a live Ask Empire event. Subconsciously you did it. Yeah, we were doing an Empire event and I, uh, I, I had to do that. Right. So I was I was late by default. But actually if it worked out really well. If I was behind, I would be heckling you joining the queue at the last minute. Would you? Mm-hmm. I bet you would. <laughs> the Ask Empire event dominated by people asking, are you a bellend? There was a lot of that. Yeah, so it was like, Twitch, the answer was just, yes. So that was fine. Uh, what have we been watching this week? So, no, I'm going to start. start. I'm going to start. Oh, I'm going to wow. start with what we've been no watching this week. No script and starting first. No script yeah. and starting first. I'm going to say, so we mentioned this, I think, on last week's, which is the most recent Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mentioned it last week because I'd seen it when we recorded. I think actually we were talking about Pilot TV Plus. I think it was on Plus. Yeah. We were talking about it because I had seen it at that point. But it has now aired. I've forgotten the name of the episode because of course I have oh we'll never have Paris that's what it's called um, and this is the one with uh, 
shall we say, the sex tape, essentially. I don't think yes. it's a massive spoiler to say that. We're not going to get into massive plot details. But what was really interesting about this episode was two things. One, it is co-written by Keely Hazel. Yes. Keely Hazel, who was Naughty's sort of glamour model of the day, very famous from Zoo and I guess The Sun and whatever else. Uh, and she is now, she she plays Rupert's new wife, doesn't she, in the show, Bex, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. But she co-wrote this episode, which I thought was really interesting because this whole episode is about a leaked sex tape. And famously, yes. she was also the victim of having uh, a private video of hers leaked on the internet. So I thought that brought this in, and I didn't know that when I watched the episode. Afterwards, I found that out, and I thought that's really, really interesting. Do you know what's even more interesting, or equally as interesting, is that I've met Keely Hazel a number of times, Mm. and she is a brilliantly uh, funny and clever Mm. person. And it's it's no surprise to me that she's kind of ended up writing this show, because her insights into... Uh, what happened to her and, and that, that culture and, and that culture are fascinating well she has a, a book is it out or coming out yes, like an autobiography out, which yeah. is and it's literally the title of the book is everyone seen my tits yes that's yes. which is yeah. generally yeah. hilarious so it's yeah it's brilliant I, I I did I'm amazed that you knew who you, who she was well because we worked because obviously Empire used to share right. an office with Zoo FHM, magazine when it was yeah. around FHM so, and Zoo were there and yeah. she was in those magazines every other month yes like every other yeah, month she was a phenomenon yeah no more it's that poster on his wall. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I do well. not have <laughs> a poster of Keely Hazel on my wall. Yeah, uh, she's an absolute delight. Yeah, and, and it's brilliant. I, 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 well, I was completely thrilled that she was getting involved with Ted Lasso, mm. and, and she did. I think they did a brilliant job with this episode. She's co-written with Dylan Maron. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a really, really good episode. Really. Has she written other TV stuff before this? I think she has bits and pieces here and there. But I think this is the big, by far, the most high-profile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she's sort of, sort of like, essentially this has kind of broken her into. So I only found out about this because Brett Goldstein tweeted about it, and that's how it's all. Yes. It. But I thought it was really interesting. But we had a question from a listener. I don't know. I don't have it to hand. It's in the post bag. It's been lost to the triage system. That's all you need to know. <laughs> but their question was like, what the hell is going on with Ted Lasso? They were like, you know, it's got to the point now with this most recent one. They're like, we are, we are so far away from half hour comedy here. Yeah. It is hour long, quite downbeat drama at this point. And I would say... It's not like this has been a sudden switch, right? Like, there's been a no. transition yeah, yeah. starting at the beginning of season two to yeah. where we are now, where it has become, frankly, longer and more serious as it's gone along. But it does feel like the jokes have broadly stopped at this point. I I don't think that's quite fair. I think what happens is, because um, I've watched that, that episode as well the other yesterday, day before, um, and I think what you're right to say, of course, it's definitely mutated from the original half hour pretty broad in quotes not you know in a, in a good way comedy mm. but i still think there are funny a lot of funny bits it's just that you you remember i think the the drama and mm. the pathos and the darker bits that's what sticks with you sticks with you because it is essentially still in terms in genre terms this is a comedy this, it's not a drama it's definitely a comedy that's I, I know the episodes are longer and all that but it's still in the whole structure of it in the fact that there are callbacks to, you know, lines and scenes, and that there are characters who are ostensibly yeah, funny. comedy characters. They're mm. comedy. So I think it's unfair to say that it's turned into... But and, and, and So I think it's still funny, is my bottom line. And I think I think it's great. I, I completely embrace the way they've so confidently... Um, it's, it's become... It's just become slightly more real... And you know, dealing with real stuff yeah. that is that is very interesting in a in, in an authentic way. And yet, that and I don't think it has sacrificed the comedy too much. I think it's still a funny show. I think they've eased off the comedy pedal quite a lot. Like, like but I still yeah. don't get me wrong. I, I yeah. think it still has its funny <laughs> moments. But I like bearing in mind, you'd go back to season one, which was a half hour 
feel-good comedy. Yeah. And this is yeah, none of those James. things. Um, but but I will say, like, and weirdly, like Nick Mohammed, who essentially emerged as season two's villain, he is the one who makes me laugh the most in this now. Like, he carries a lot yeah, of the he's, comedy. He's the funny, sort of yeah. bumbling, awkward yeah. humour. Yeah. And he's genuinely very funny. But his character last season was going to a really dark place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's interesting. You don't mind his bumbling, awkward humour because sometimes you find that too cringy to watch yeah I mean he walks a line in this like he's not super like oh my god I've got I'm gonna die cringe mm. but he's he's just awkward in a way that I find quite endearing uh, even though he's kind of his character is a lot more complex than that in this season I, I really love that character I, I mean I love the show I'm really enjoying it it's God's Point Now and I know now when the screener ones drop so they drop mm. the new episode it airs on what day does it air each Wednesday. week Wednesday airs on Wednesday the screener drops on the Monday yeah, that's right. so I, on a Monday I'm instantly on the screener yeah. so I must yeah. watch it must watch it uh, so I, I'm enjoying it a lot. So I've been watching that. I also picked up Shadow and Bone again. Oh, I mean, uh, that's classic. <laughs> so I watched a couple of episodes of season two of Shadow and Bone. I'm not sure if I'm going to carry on with it, if I'm honest with you. Mm, damn I, indictment. No, I know, watching it, I was like, oh my God, if I had made Kay watch this, she'd have beaten the shit out of me. <laughs> like, genuinely. I, I, the pain I would have had to have gone through for making her watch it. I wouldn't have physically hurt you, just to emphasize oh, that to listeners. I, I I'm not sure that's true. Like, the second the first Grisha walked on, you'd have been like, what is this shit? <laughs> in fact, Boydie and I, and, and we're under embargo, so we can't say what, Boydie and I were both invited to a special early screening of something today. And the thing, and I really enjoyed it, but the thing that I enjoyed most about this early screening was how delighted I'm going to be when I force you to watch it for this, because you, know you are going to go berserk. What I would say is I heard you talking about this earlier, and there was some illegal chit-chat about it. I well, fair. Get, we didn't do it on air. No, but I always get berated if I talk to you about anything we've been watching. And no, no, no. But discussed that, it. No, but we're not reviewing on this this episode, are we? If we're reviewing it, then we wouldn't have had. We wouldn't have been. It would have been. We will it, be reviewing. We're that episode, reviewing it for. We? It's not on for weeks, months. Mm. Or it's yes. months away. You yeah, won't remember. The rules have been broken. That's the rules, yeah. I see what Kay is saying. There's an unwritten spoiler rule where we are not allowed to have any kind of off-air confab about what we've seen. About the ones we review on a weekly basis. I've been castigated before for this very thing. But to be fair, the main thing we were talking about was not the content yes. of it but the fact that when we watched it they Have had the closed caption <laughs> subtitles on exactly. which both of us took issue with yeah. <laughs> because I, I as I have said on this particular podcast before I really fundamentally hate when you have unnecessary subtitles. And, the, and there wasn't a recap. The and there wasn't a recap, uh, I will which be mentioning this in my official uh, 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 feedback <laughs> yeah. email. To well, they, make, said, they may add a recap at some point oh, before hope, it goes out. So. They, they really must, do need to. They must have um, to. This is, this is fascinating for everyone who yeah, doesn't know what you're talking but about. But what I'm saying is the closed captions, like the kind of closed captions, like the, the, I find it so off-putting, especially when they have like square brackets, dramatic music and things like that. <laughs> it's just like, it feels like parody. Like don't, yeah, like intense, intense background intense noise. background noise and you're just like, stop it. Just yeah. stop it. This is killing me. It's bad. Yeah. We won't say what it is. What no. we will say is it's one of those shows that James really, really likes and that everyone else finds... No, I won't say that. That's not fair. Uh, but the, one of those shows that James really, really likes. But that you, if we'd have dragged you along, Kay, you would have been like, why the F am I having to sit here watching this? I look forward to watching that show. Yeah, yeah it's going to be great. I'm really looking forward to it. So, so... Those were the things I watched, and I was basically done with everything I had watched this week. I was finished, I've finished, completely done. And then I was like, this morning. This morning, I, the TV show. This morning. So I decided to watch <laughs> this film? morning. I thought that would be useful. <laughs> it's very good. No, I, I, woke up, I woke up this morning, oh, and yeah. I was like, okay, I've woken up early. I have a little time before I need to A, go out and vote. You and thought, then, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to switch the TV on and see what's on, just for the shell of it. Absolutely not. He can't do that. I couldn't do that. I'm yeah. never going to do that. Could have done. But I decided to say, I said, you know what? Do you know what? 
Kay rarely thanks me for anything, so I'm going to do something for Kay this morning. Oh I'm going to do God. something nice for Kay. So I'm going to put on Colin from Accounts. Yes, oh. so, so I put on Colin from Accounts. So it's half hour. I was about 25 minutes in, and twice I had to stop it to make sure I was watching the correct show. Because I was like, I don't understand what's happening. Neither of the main characters are called Colin, and nobody works in accounts. Oh, God, so and I was just like, so and I was like, he's a publican, she's a doctor. Again, they're not called Colin. And I was like, this is this is not the right show. <laughs> he looked the, so confused. I was genuinely because obviously you have explained all of this because you talked about it at length. But let's assume for the sake of listening. argument that I wasn't listening to a mm-hmm. word you said. And it wasn't until the very end of the first episode. Oh, I understand now. And I got it because the reason why I didn't want to watch this when you originally said to watch it was because it's called it. Colin from Accounts. So you think this is a workplace comedy? You can. It's, exactly. it's like the you IT assume. crowd with numbers. Do you know what I mean? And it just seems like I, I don't care at all. And then you watch it and there's a boob flash within the first 20 seconds. And it's not that there's a boob flash, it's the way the boob is flashed and the context in which the boob is flashed, which is quite a thing. And it yes, was just like, what James. the hell? And <laughs> <That's> disgust. <laughs> I, again, wasn't listening to any of oh, it. Sure. So, sure. so, but genuinely, it's really good. Yes, Like, yes. it's really, really good and really funny. I don't know why I'm happy about this, but I feel like once he likes something that I really love, mm. it actually gives me a lot of joy. But it has that edge that I think some Australian comedy does, where it has a really hard edge to it at times. Yeah. The way it pushes it, it's quite close to the knuckle. Uh, and yeah, I really enjoyed it. she's such a brilliant character. So she's, she's not great. like, she's just broken mm. up with a boyfriend, but she's not like this, like, angst-filled, you know, emo- super emotional. She's yeah. not a stereotype. James, that <laughs> those two in real life are married. Are they? And they created the show together. That's amazing. I mean, I said all the, uh, for listeners who actually were listening, <laughs> this is not news, but for James, who's now on board. And and, um, it's fantastic. That is incredible. That is genuinely incredible. Are we you going to watch the rest? We should say it's Patrick Brammel and uh, Harriet Dyer, no relation. <laughs> um, are you going to watch the rest? Am I going to watch the rest? I, I just, I'm certainly open to watching more, absolutely. Yeah, I thought it was great. Oh, this is a moral victory. Yeah. It's all on BBC iPlayer. So. It is all on BBC yeah. iPlayer. And uh, I enjoyed it. And, and despite the fact that, frankly... Neither of them are called Colin and neither of them are it's accountants. The dog called Colin. Yes. The dog is called yes. Colin That's for accountants. Yes. 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 The whole point is there is a meet cue, yes. it involves a dog and a boob, and uh and <laughs> That's the dog is, interesting. is ultimately called Colin from yeah. Accounts. Yeah. 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 It's funny enough because my friend Ben's dog is called Colin as well. So Really? Yeah, yeah, as yeah. was the dog in Spaced. And there you go. It's yeah. called Colin. It's good name for a dog. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that leads neatly to what I've been watching, which is a load of stuff that are non pilot shows I'm not gonna mention. But I have been re-watching Colin from Accounts. Okay. Yes, I'm now I'm halfway through again because what I realised is because I loved it so much for so many different reasons, I galloped all the way through and I just knew that I'd probably missed a load of stuff. And also just from a script writing point of view, I just wanted to like really study it and like annoyingly they don't have the script anywhere. But so I rewatched it and I'm just noticing a whole heap of stuff that I didn't notice the first time. And it's just such a joy to watch. So please, mm. if you haven't watched it, and if you if you're in James's tribe and you usually think I'm, you know, spouting nonsense. Now that he's endorsed it, please do give it a go. Yeah, it's it's, but you you can't imagine that screenplay surviving being like if it was an American show. Like it's oh. so much of that a wouldn't work, but b just wouldn't happen. Mm. It's not least of all the boob flash. Yeah. But but just it, it oh, I wouldn't have got it. You think you think you think yeah, an HBO so, or, yeah, or a HBO, streamer would be like yeah? I mean, but you get more the boob flashes. I think the humour specific to Australia though. I think oh, no, yeah. I, I agree yeah. but it's the way the boob is flashed. I think that the the situation under which the boob is flashed. It's true. Penis flash. You didn't watch the White Lotus, did you? There's a penis flash in the White Lotus. Penis flash that was so matter of fact 
done. In, Which in pin is Flash? In oh, hang on, no, this was this was this was your man, um, uh, whose name Colin. I've instantly yeah. forgotten. Murray, do you yeah. uh, no, 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 no. The time traveller's husband, the time travelling fat, the man oh, well, himself. I wasn't even thinking of his one. He did do one. Yes, yes. he had a prosthetic cock in yeah. the first episode of season two. Yeah, that's right. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was one in series one as well. About a cock flash. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, but I, I don't. I, I know. We, I think tonally the show is Australian. I think extremely Australian. But I think. I don't. Yes. Th- I think. I think that subject matter wise and that boo flash, which is very it, that, that would all be done in American. You think? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I think no. there's been some great Australian comedies recently because we have, there's Frayed from back in the like, oh, yeah, yeah. few years yeah, ago, yeah. and then even Well Mania that I talked about um, on Netflix. Was well, so there one Hannah Gadsby's in one which I've forgotten the name of, <laughs> annoyingly because I wasn't prepared for this discussion. But like <laughs> this is a, going back a couple of years and, and created by a gay guy whose name I can't remember, and it was like really that was a very blunt and honest and quite explicit interrogation of sex and sexuality and all of that. There is a there's a there's a, yeah there's a healthy seam of of edgy Australian comedies, definitely mm. in, in, in the last kind of four or five years, of which this is one. I bet I'm sure there's people more expert than us who do remember the names of these shows. Um, I'm going to well, go. Well, that was like Kath and Kim from back Kath, in the day. Oh, yeah. Kath, look at me, look at me, look at me. True. Uh, there's yeah. so many great ones, yeah. but yeah. Everyone get on. Colin I'm, in, from I'm endorsing Colin from Accounts. Wow. I'm a, 50, a comedy we... expert that I am. <laughs> I'm endorsing Colin Imagine from Imagine if, if you said to me, what have you been watching? And I said Colin from Accounts as well. We'd have the, a rare triple. Yes. No, no. What what would have been perfect? So I said, what you have you been watching? And Kay would have been said, time. you know what? I turned on Shadow and Bone. And <laughs> yeah. let me tell you, I <laughs> loved it. So hell has actually frozen over. Fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, have either of you been watching The Jury? <laughs> No, no, but we've had a lot of uh, They have, and yes. I feel like it's I right up bad. both of your I alleys. I was never going to watch it, but I'm shocked I, I, and appalled by I it. I didn't mention it. I mentioned it. With the, the it's week reality it. nonsense. You love that stuff. Oh, no, fuck it's, it's, you, a, James. it's a reality <laughs> scripted mix, isn't it? It's, it's like a halfway <laughs> between reality and and. Um, well, they're fiction. actors, aren't they? It's like, yeah, oh, look at this case, I'm mortally offended by this now. Yeah, they are actors. <laughs> you know it's yeah. true. But no, honestly, the week that came out, yeah. um, it's on free, Amazon Freebie, right? And the week it came out, I, I did mention on this show, I said, yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in the also out this week, and I said, it sounds like a weird, interesting, freaky show. and But we, ha- we, we didn't have time to review, and I don't think, I'm pretty sure we weren't. Sent maybe we were sent screens. I don't know. I don't think Amazon Freebie felt like a particularly big, you know, channel at that point Fair. a few weeks ago. But it is the one. It does feel feel like it's the breakout hit of yeah. Amazon Freebie, and a lot of people are saying we should definitely. So I am going to undertake to watch you it watch this it week. And I'm let me watch yeah, because this is a reality show, isn't it? Where uh, there is the jury, and everyone on the jury is an actor except for one person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But hit, yeah. Aren't some of the actors quite well known? One because James Marsden. Yeah, he's, it, the isn't he? he's the only one who's well known. But then he plays himself, I believe. Oh, fine. So he's. Says I'm case. the actor James yes. Marsden. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that so makes sense. Because actors have to do service. Otherwise, yeah. you'd be like, it's but the guy. I did. I did read a, a spoilery interview with the guy at the centre of it all, who was tricked into thinking these were all quasi real people, and he said that he was completely fell hooked. Oh, on I don't Sinker like those kind of shows. The though, thing. So it is like you know, it's like the Truman Show that element of it and he completely went along with the whole thing so wow. it does sound great I have to I have to watch it for sure by the way the that Australian comedy I was talking about with Hannah mm. Gatsby is called Please Like Me and it was created by this guy called Josh Thomas who's written a few really good Australian comedies so yeah check it I think it's on Amazon Prime I'm pretty sure Okay. I believe I, th- I think they, you'll find they like to be called Prime Video, boy. Do you know what the interesting thing about so Prime oh, well Video originals, right? <laughs> so the stuff we review is Prime Video, yeah. yeah. But I think library titles that they have, kind of like you know that you could buy. Uh-huh. Oh, Amazon Prime Oh, you know, still. ones you buy. Yeah, oh, in the sense you're that you're saying. kind of... Yeah, that's the difference. It's a subtle difference. Yeah. 
I have this issue on my um, highly acclaimed Empire page that I do every month of um, of uh, shows to watch. Oh, it's very acclaimed. Yes. yes, shows to watch if you know once a big shows. Finish. What's it called, Boydie? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what my own, my own column's called in Empire Magazine. Um, oh, you know, it's called if you watch that and then watch this. It's called, that's what it's called. I really think you need cod yeah. oil. All right. <laughs> I mean, hey, if we go on about your, your brain, your adult brain today, Kate, by the way. Me... All right, all right, calm down, calm down. Wow, calm down. it's all getting very personal. Calm down, calm down, calm down. Calm down, um, calm down. Anyway, yes, I, I often it's, it's, I have to work whether it's Amazon Prime or Prime Video, yeah. whether you have to, for me, if you have to pay for it, extra for it, then it's Amazon Prime pretty much. Let's just say Amazon to cover all, as a cover all. Well, no, no, they don't like that. Amazon. I think, I think Prime Video. They should yeah. make up their mind. Choose one yeah. name. <laughs> we can't be remembering loads of names. But the thing is, I don't understand. Why are Apple getting so stroppy about the Plus when it's like Apple only have one thing? If you say it's on Apple, everyone knows what you mean. To be fair, I think because Boyd was hosting this Apple yes. event, they wanted him oh, to be. Just you know to be on. I mean, that's oh, it. if they're paying you Apple yeah, money, exactly. fair exactly. enough. Yeah, for me, to, it'd be like it'd be like doing an Amazon event, like Amazon, a Prime oh, yeah. Video event. Hey, it's Prime. It's Whatever Amazon you like. Prime. <laughs> yeah. It'll be like getting the title of a Sky Channel role. You know, yeah. I find that like you know you still call it Sky I, Movie or call it Sky the Sci-Fi Cinema. Channel, and I think you'll find it's Sky Sci-Fi. Yes. Uh, yes. Exactly like that. Okay. Yes. Good. Uh, I haven't said what I'm watching. What I've been watching, have I? Yeah. No. Say it now. First of all, is it Shadow and Bone? It's definitely not Shadow. <laughs> is it's, it Colin? Have you it's doing not a Colin from Accounts? I'm oh, not no. doing a rewatch. No, it's not the triple whammy of Colin from Accounts. Um, I just switched on the TV. I thought, what? Well, I'm just going to share what's yeah. on. And um, it was uh, Barry. Barry, I've watched the most recent episode. And Barry, much like um, uh, Ted Lasso, mm. actually, is another comedy that has ended up being uh, even more than Ted Lasso. I mean, if you think Ted Lasso is dark, but, but this has always funny, been dark, even from the very start. It it's has. Kind of darkness, it has. But if you remember the beginning, you know, when um, the main character was joining the acting group led by Henry Winkler yeah. and, you know, me and their insights into the way Hollywood works and the, and the juxtaposition of acting and Hollywood and assassin, professional assassin, it was all very much played for laughs and was quite, in, a, in an odd way, quite light. I mean, mm. I, I use that word advisedly. I mean, but now, oh my God, as we enter into the crux of season four and the final season, um, it's really, really dark now. The, the, sh the, the shocking violence throughout. There are characters that die that in a really shocking, disturbing way. There's a, there's a brilliant cameo. I won't I won't spoil it. Honestly, in, in the in the most recent episode, which I think it was episode four. Um, it's just one of the most. Barry is one of the most inventive. Mm. Just in terms of unpredictable, you have no idea where it's going to go from one scene to the next. Okay, you're looking at me like. <laughs> <laughs> mad, you don't believe me, but it's it's an exceptionally brilliant show. Bill Hader, who has directed this entire se final series, obviously writes it, stars in it, is just an incredible talent. Um, and I think he's just he's done a phenomenal job. There's also the, the ending of this fourth episode has it just cuts to this thing, which is like you assume is like a, f a flash forward to the future, but you're not even sure if it really is the future or it's just like a, 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 a um, figment of his imagination thing. It does that kind of all the way through in a really smart, clever way. So Barry, and I know um, there's loads of people that listen to this show that watch it, but everyone else should watch it as well, okay, frankly. Mm. It's on Sky Call. And the weird thing is, right, Barry clashes every week on a Monday night at nine o'clock with Succession. Uh. And they're both on Sky. How about that? Basically, the two best shows on Sky. Perhaps, That's an error. Perhaps the two best shows on TV mm. are on, on the same time. Monday night at nine o'clock, Barry's on Sky Comedy. Well, it doesn't Comedy, clash with Colin from Accounts. And Succession is on uh, <laughs> Sky Atlantic at nine o'clock. Of course, in this world we live in now, you, everyone watches shows at the same time. Mm. They have their own time, rather. And, and of course, 
um, Succession is available because it's on at 2 a.m. in the morning or something. If you night. had to choose between those two shows, shows at nine o'clock, what would you choose? Succession. Yeah. I've got you. Luckily, I get sent Succession episodes of Arts. Talking of which, I've watched the next episode. <gasps> Tell me. Episode seven, which we'll have our traditional spoiler special discussion of next week. All I'll say is there's a scene in it between Shiv and Tom that no. is a legendary. What, more than Bitey? More than Bitey. Bitey, so what happened last week was the mere prelude. <gasps> Precursor to, what to whatever Because oh, we had said shit. on Pilot TV Plus, we talked about this from yeah. now on when we decide what we're going to review on this podcast, if we have a disagreement, we're going to play Bitey <laughs> yes. to decide. Yes. So yes. When, when the show that we watch comes up and, yeah. you know, it'll be that or, I don't know, The Great Pottery Revenge or something, me and Great Kay will play Bitey, Pottery yeah. the Professionals. Yeah. James, and I... I yeah, urge the idea you to rethink this because I've got like an, like an angry ferret. <laughs> and also, <laughs> like, by the, you two playing Bitey, it's that <laughs> sickening thought. Yeah, I mean, them just, two playing Bitey is one he's thing. He's just called me an angry ferret. Let's just, let's just sit with that for a second. <laughs> yeah, true. James is honestly out of control. <laughs> Have you had like too much caffeine? What's going on? <laughs> it seems like a fair description. <gasps> uh, wow. Outrage, you yeah. Know, you know, I think, you know, mm. Bitey. Mm. Like, you know. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Karen. Yeah, so post bitey, the uh, the, <laughs> post um, the Tom the Tom Shiv scene is is just phenomenal, and it's all this whole it, this whole thing is a party pre election night party, and then the following. What app number? Uh, seven. This is so we've got seven. three more after that. Yeah? It's four ten. More, three more, four more, including yeah. that one. Three more. <laughs> okay, you're upsetting me with the numbers. Stop it. <laughs> James is suddenly suddenly. This is what happens up. when we don't have a script. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah, it's fantastic. Anyway, um, and Angry I think that's ferret. all I've been watching. Yeah, <laughs> this this one's not going away, is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, yeah. done. Good, finished. done. We're all finished. Excellent. That's what we've been I watching. I'll anything else about the next episode of Succession because we'll do this good. Yeah. <laughs> good. We'll, we'll do, do, do that yeah. We will deal with that. James, will you watch the last episode before we do the spoiler? No, I thought we committed to watching all the rest of the series. No, he's not Didn't going to. Obviously, I mean, I haven't done the last three. You thought you maybe might. No, but I knew that. I thought we discussed that in part, and I and I said to you, you should come come up. Oh, no, I should. I thought you'd agreed to. Maybe no, I was in no, LA and no. I didn't... I, I will definitely I watch the finale. I think we should just let him use that time for Colin. It's fine. No. It's <laughs> yeah. Colin now. I am obsessed. Oh, no, I am. No, no, if anyone, like, I get anyone free else Colin is pass. obsessed, yeah. You please. know what we should do is a spoiler special on Barry when that finishes as well. We should, but you'll have to do it with Beth because I don't watch it. And do you I know what? Kay, you don't watch it How about that? Do you know what I've just realised? Around the same weekend, the last weekend of May, we're going to get the final episode of Barry, the final episode of Succession, and the final episode of Ted Lasso, all within the space oh of like two or three days. How about that? That's a lot. Three of the greatest shows of the last couple of years are all going to end. I, I mean, just... I have to catch up on Barry. I have to. Like, yes, that's, you do that's, have to. But I'm yes. still, I'm still going through for all mankind. And, still going you know, through the West Wing. And I, I am actually <laughs> also still watching the West Wing. I'm on uh, on season. You'll three love this. Um, I've got to mention this. You know, what I got sent in the post this week. It's for all mankind on DVD. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> you remember I mentioned it's out not, on, not a Blu-ray. Not even a Blu-ray. Unbelievable. It's out on DVD. It's out on good old-fashioned non-HD DVD. Yeah, for those, you know, of a certain I don't, age. I don't understand who's buying DVDs. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't, I don't say. Get a Blu-ray. Yeah. Uh, okay, fine. That was what we've been watching. Let's have the post bag. Now, I've not shared a question with the team, as is my want. So what not. I'm going to do is I'm going to do a live triage and pull something out of the Pilot Plus That's post bag to tackle on this your... particular podcast. <laughs> yeah. Let's see what happens. Okay, we've got one here from Colin Woodley. <laughs> Colin. Colin. The, oh, Colin. On, he Colin. may or may not work in accounts. It's come unclear. On. He might have wheels. It's unclear. Who knows? <laughs> he might do. Okay, interesting. Interesting. He says, James constantly says he struggles to watch any program where distractions take him out of the narrative. His examples have included subtitles, bad effects, etc. 
Yes, come on, read it out. If this is true, how can any programme be rated positively if most screeners come with watermarks, unfinished effects, yeah. or music? Has your view of a programme been positively changed when watching the final version? Also, where do you watch TV for work? Does Empire Towers have lots of individual viewing suites with lazy boys and mini fridges? Oh my oh, God. Totally. Oh my God. Yes, actually, Colin, that is exactly how we watch it in the many <laughs> Colin. private viewing suites. Colin, we're lucky if we get the Wi Fi working. Yeah. I mean, it's mm. the truth of it. Yeah, that is actually the truth of it. Though I will say the place where we saw the thing that we saw today, Boydie, yes. they do have very swanky private yes. screening rooms with little oh, mini really? fridges. Uh, yeah, it was, it was it was very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, that, to be fair, that is a very good question. And I watched the final season of The Expanse through my own email address. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that. In fury. Catastrophically large letters. It just wasn't even funny. To be fair to Netflix, they are very unobtrusive with their Netflix is our great. The yes, they're brilliant because you watch it on your actual yeah. account. In, in, if you've got 4K HD and 4K HD, yeah. it looks great. It looks great. Apple's and, are even and better. Unobtrusive yeah. uh, email on Apple's things. are the best. Apple's the best. Yes. Is there even a, know, it's a tiny it's little? A, basically, yeah. your name will pop yes. up randomly at some point on the screen, but or, or very, faint, very faint and only very briefly. Faint. Yeah. So yeah. One of them, big up to Apple and yeah. Netflix. One of them grinds my gears because it's across the screen. I don't if it's occasionally but the thing that grinds my gears is that they spelt my surname wrong <laughs> so when I'm watching the shows I'm constantly just seeing this typo and it yeah. Kate Rebiro <laughs> it really yeah. does bore my piss yeah so yes that's not fun you know what's really annoying because anyone worked out a way of, of, can, of streaming the BBC uh, portal BBC previews to your TV yet to okay. your TV. Yeah, it's really annoying. So I have to watch BBC previews on my laptop. Then you can't no chrome how lavish it. the show. I can't cast it to my TV. I'm watching yeah. all my screeners on my laptop, except for Netflix. Uh, no, I mean, that, oh, as the oh as the creators God. intended. Yes, Kate. Yeah, oh I mean, my gosh, Boyd's face now. He's literally, yeah. oh, yeah. he's literally looking down his the nose. Like, no, the I'm yeah. Half of the creators of yeah. these lavishly how do you appointed. Do, okay, well, this is an off-pod discussion. Well, first of all, Netflix is on your. Yeah, Netflix is the only thing I. Yeah. But I'm I'm with Boyd on this, and actually, a genuinely idea. This this is the most entitled I have ever been was when that's saying and that's sure? saying a lot which is when I was watching I actually think it was season two of Picard so quite frankly it didn't really matter but uh, I had to watch season two and it was through a, I won't name the particular screening portal that they used it was a third party screening portal but th- they disabled any form of casting so you could not cast it to your TV they actively disabled it and I literally emailed them and said they said well, I'm and I said I said to them I cannot in good conscience watch this show and review it <laughs> and do justice to the creators of this show in a two inch by two inch box on my laptop do better and they literally wow. and they, no, that wasn't your exact you wording d- no, it was did, a, I can't remember the exact wording did, but that was you that you did not say I was do not happy Blimey. and I'd swear to them they came back and said oh there is an app and they sent me a thing and they gave me a, and there was an app that, that I could download horrific. to make that it work that is an awful thing no but I was 100 because I genuinely I was reviewing it for Empire and I was oh, like you genuinely couldn't get past that no I could not review a Star Trek <laughs> thing in this tiny little box on my laptop with a watermark on it I, was like, I need to see it on a big I mean, screen it's Star Trek at least expand the box I mean sure I could have made the box yeah. A touch bigger. Just saying. <laughs> right. I'm with maybe you most of the way. James, maybe <laughs> it's you, you who needs to, to do it. better. Just say you had to watch it the two inch by two inch. Okay, it. I made it minimise the screen. <laughs> That's brilliant. In, but I love the fact that you use the phrase in all good conscience. Also, do better. Fat. Look, it's the, I'm, not, I'm not proud of it. I don't think, I think he's being cocky. I don't think he's I'm not proud of it. You didn't say do better. I don't know what I wrote. Did you say do better? Oh, I have no idea. You're not that This was the gist of what I said. I'm not proud I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Did, I'm not quoting. He would never say "do better." He's not that mad. Yeah, but it was. I was. I was not happy. Is what I was saying. No, no. So I, I was very entitled, and I. I've got all 
the apps gosh. now. Yeah, if they're up there for screens, it's fascinating. <laughs> so that I can watch them on my full size TV. Yeah, yeah. you do need, well, you want to watch them. We properly. need to have a little chat afterwards. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, 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 so crucially, I, to go back to the question, because uh, we've watched a number, specifically Apple shows, because Apple are quite unusual in that they routinely make shows available where the effects yeah, aren't Apple's finished. Dream. And uh, but, uh, but, Apple is the fucking dream, yeah, yeah. isn't it? Can I just say, Apple is the only, only screener site that oh, everything's instantly available. I don't have to request yes, anything. It's yeah, just, it's, it's, it's literally. It is a dream. It is a dream. Well advanced. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. it is the dream. Yeah, the Apple screening site is great. But, 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 let's put that aside for a second. But I, as we've mentioned on this podcast before, I have found, yes, they did take me out. Like the second season of C was completely unfinished effects for the last four episodes. <laughs> yeah. They did take me out a lot, but it was a fascinating insight into the production process. Just, oh, you love the I loved it. VFX. I got so excited yeah. just seeing how they put it together. Yeah. But I did then have to rewatch it with finished effects because I thought mm. it was ruined. When I saw the Witcher prequel uh, series, that one, uh, yeah. the, the four-part one, yeah. that was very that was unfinished. Yeah. And that, I think, maybe didn't help watching it unfinished. No. Well, the, we so, had the um, yellow Jackets. Remember that? The bit, I don't know yeah, the one I yeah, saw. Yeah, with the unfinished effects. The, um, yeah. the beast in the in the wild was complete. Like like it was like the most had a little thing on a stick. Yeah, it was so basic. Well, the final episode of season two of C, you see Bubba Voss walking towards what looks like the M25, and it's just like and <laughs> you're just like no, it's just, but it's a motorway. It's like a freeway sort of thing. And just obviously they removed <laughs> yeah. it in post. But you're like this takes away from this ever so yeah. slightly. Yeah, uh, you know when you can just see the cars just going around in the distance. Mm. And weirdly, the amount of of green screen and, and visual effects in the morning show was surprising as well just yes. remember that yeah I do remember a lot that, of yeah. that a lot of that yeah. was was VFX so but, but again to go back to Colin from my council's question <laughs> uh, I I does it? It does take me out of it. It does take me out of it. I mean, I kind of, from a reviewing capacity, professional that I am, I am able to oh, set God. that aside oh, and God. still appreciate what is being done for the unbearable. for for the you know the purposes of reviewing and, and writing about it. For my own enjoyment, yes, it detracts from it. So, so I certainly wouldn't. Because so, okay, when I first watched Game of Thrones, the whole first season I watched unfinished. So when That's they go up. <laughs> yeah. God, you actually schlepped it. You just absolutely like managed to get through that. Well done. Uh, I did, yes. I, I remember... It was unfinished. I seem to remember up until... Three or four series, three or four of Game of Thrones. They used to send them out on discs, didn't they? They did. Yes, yeah. it was a physical disc yeah, they sent us, yeah. but it was and it was unfinished effects. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that I remember when they first went up the wall and they look out over kind of like you know beyond the wall, yeah. and it, and I was just like, it's basically a green curtain. <laughs> well, that is what I'm looking at. It's yeah. a green curtain. It was a yeah. blue curtain actually, but I uh, yeah, it was it was it did take a little bit of the majesty from the show. Yeah. I will say that. Yeah. So what uh, question from. Uh, Colin. Great Colin, yeah. Brackets. But do you, I mean, you, I mean, presumably, like, you're watching the Great Pottery Throwdown before the effects are done is not that big of an inconvenience for you, so, so you're fine. I love the fact that now, in James's mind, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Great yeah, Pottery yeah. Throwdown no, is worry. the, you know, like... He thinks that's the stick to beat me with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not so much a stick as it is I kind of a the great clay. British sewing bee is back in a couple of weeks, okay? Listen, you're not formats. telling me something I don't know. No, I'm okay. excited about that. Yeah. 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 Lot, lot of Nothing wrong with these shows, James. You uber snob. Yeah. Very um, popular. But do you like like I, I I have many times sort of like said that as as film critics we are uh, we are given access to brilliance. We get to go and see like Guardians of the Galaxy, the, the huge multimedia screening in Leicester Square, or we get invited to the studio to see them. And it's it's great to see these films. But as a TV critic, you invariably end up watching this tiny little screener that can only be viewed on your laptop with this enormous watermark, which is basically opaque. I uh, once went to a film screening, right? Of a, and I won't name the film because I think the 
the director of the film, with, made by a really acclaimed mm. British director, so I'll say, of, of a major, major release, right? A kind of indie, but indie release. And, and, and the film's company, the distributors, insisted, like, went to their office to watch it. And the room where I watched it in was like a long, like the boardroom. It was like a, at the end of a long table. Oh, and this not very big screen, by the way. The sound was terrible. It was something to do with, because <laughs> of the way it was like a big empty shell of a room. The I could barely hear it, the sound of this film. That it was a faint, it was like a projector they used almost, mm. like one of those, like, you know, projected from like a Blu-ray or something. The image was terrible. And it was like, it ruined the whole fucking thing. And I could not believe, like, and I actually, I did, I've never said anything. I feel slightly shit. You but said do better. Director, no, I but felt the like director would go But if I felt the director yeah. knew the conditions I was watching, mm. his major and beautifully made, you I know. I think I remember you coming yeah, back and uh, I was astonished. That was, that was one of the, I'll never forget, that was the worst film viewing experience I've ever had. But you've asked an interesting question there because like, so directors are often very, very particular about how yeah, their films are shown. James Cameron came in and had the, yes. had lights on set up yes. the Odeon West End at some length oh. and expense before he allowed press to watch oh, his film I've, there. I've been to a few Tarantino films mm. where he's been there. Yeah. Like sitting there watching Very particular it. about <laughs> how people witness yeah. it. And, but do, do you know, do 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 showrunners, do TV directors, do any of the people involved in TV shows, you know, mm. get to say, well, actually, I would like people to see this properly? Yeah, I, I'd be surprised if they have... I mean, I, I bet Jesse Armstrong for Succession, for example, is, is across everything about, you know, every single element of it. But... I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, I, I don't think he has to because luckily the HBO, the viewing experience for Succession is great. It's absolutely, absolutely fine. If um, you can get in. Yes. You, yeah, yeah, it takes a while to get in. That's true. <laughs> Multifactual authentication, <laughs> listeners. Yeah, of course. But I, I'm sure there are loads of creators and showrunners of shows who have no idea how they're... I did have... To, I, I actually had this conversation with some with a with a comedian slash showrunner about the BBC screening portal and saying oh it's kind of incredible that we still have to watch everything on a, on a computer for, for that because yeah. I don't think it's although it's in HD now and it never used to be but not everything is yeah not everything yeah, yeah not everything, it's quite yeah. confusing so um, yeah it's, it is I think they are, some of them are aware put it that way yeah. this, I'm not sure that this conversation is in any way interesting <laughs> to so anyone listening baseball. but there is one other thing I would say there is a one particular portal which I, I heard from someone in the know that they have control over the watermarks on a case-by-case -case basis. So no, I said, what? and 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 because uh, I was mentioning it, I, I mean, in a meeting I was having a talk with her, and I said, oh, you know, I watched this, I specifically named a Cheque show and said, I found it really difficult to watch. Said, oh, you should have gone back and asked. Said, because we can, we have control over how the watermark appears. So I had to review something from one of those portals recently. <laughs> it had three separate watermarks on it and I just my back and went, nope. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> nope, 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 do better. Do better. <laughs> and to their credit, they went away for half an hour, came back and had stripped you know off two of them yeah, and left just one. You know one. what? You know what that half an hour was? Just talking about what a massive bell <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah. Just going, oh my god, that James yeah. Dyer from Empire is a real. I mean, I think he's so entitled. Yeah. This whole conversation has been what a bunch of utter cunts. I know, isn't it? <laughs> And Colin's, Colin's long regretting his question I, now. I include myself in that. I mean, look, I think we can all agree Colin is entirely to blame for everything yeah. that's happened yeah. to today. Yeah. So, do um, better, Colin. Do better, Colin. Do better. Uh, Christ, that was something. Possibly the post bag. If you want your question read out on this or indeed on Pilot Plus, do send them to us uh, via DM on Twitter or Instagram at Pilot TV Pod or to me directly on Instagram only at James C. Dyer. I think we should have this week's guest. Should we have this week's guest? Yes, let's. Let's do Absolutely. it. Let's do it. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson. 
Ferguson may have shot to Before fame. Before it is she. Before it is she. <laughs> she shot to fame in a uh, as a teenager in a Swedish soap opera, the name of which I will not even presume to try and pronounce correctly. Uh, but she's now basically everything. She's in the Mission Impossible films. She was in Dune and the imminent Dune Part 2, uh, which is very, very exciting. And she is currently taking Apple by storm as Juliet in Silo, which is a show that I absolutely loved and we reviewed, as I said, on Pilot Plus last week. Uh, and it's a puzzle box drama that sees her living in this post-apocalyptic future in which the last dregs of the human race exist in huge underground silos, which is why it is called Silo. Uh, <laughs> it's great. Even Kay liked it. Spoiler I for Pilot did, Plus. Yeah. Uh, and I spoke to Rebecca, or I should say, I forced Rebecca to endure speaking to me uh, just the other week. And, uh, and this is what went down. Rebecca, welcome to the show. Um, I have to say, as a long-time sci-fi fan, you have been absolutely smashing it over the past five years or so in this particular genre, which I'm very, very pleased to say. Uh, you know, whether it be live, Men in Black, uh, Reminiscence, Dune, obviously Dune, and now obviously Silo. Um, so I suppose what I was going to ask was, has it been the roles in particular, or are you like a secret sci-fi nerd and you love speculative fiction? I just, indie movies in general, I say sod off, give me only sci-fi roles, <laughs> uh, futuristic and dystopian. Fantastic. <laughs> That yeah. is absolutely what everyone should do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry, to be honest. They are, I know. And I don't know if the storytelling, and it, maybe it's just been the stories that have come to me, that they've all just sort of dipped into this dystopian, futuristic. I don't look at it. I don't look at the genre. Hmm. And I'm now that I'm looking at it, I'm going, oh, <laughs> Oh, interesting. Those couple of other roles that I turned down, maybe I should have taken them just break this a bit. But you know what? I'm hoping people can look past and not media shape the narrative of me being some form of a sci-fi queen because I'm not. I'm just not. I just don't turn around down a role from Denis Villeneuve. No, and, and well, you shouldn't, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I've often said this, it's like that, that sci-fi and fantasy and stuff often gets kind of pigeonholed in this slightly geeky box. But I often think that the most interesting storytelling comes out of speculative fiction because there are no rules, there are no boundaries. You can do whatever yes. you want, and it's fascinating. There's an enormous freedom and a journey. I looked at a film another day, the other day, which I, we shouldn't talk about, but something that might be in the future. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God, here we go again kind of thing. And I thought, but I'm laughing, and it's making me happy. And there's character, and I can see this come to life. And it's a journey. It's fun. Why not? My thing is always just, why not? I mean, I have to say, and we will get onto Silo, but I just want to say one very quick thing, which is this. I, I was a massive fan of Lisa Joy's Reminiscence. I really, really liked it. Not Nowhere near enough people saw that film. But I thought May was a fascinating, really complex character. And again, it's just this this idea that... It's a very simple idea that a man falls in love with someone who he fundamentally doesn't know with a projection of himself. And then the whole film is him getting to know her after he's lost her. And I feel yeah. like outside of sci-fi, that's a very hard thing to do. I mean, isn't it a phenomenal story? It's yeah. such a good breakdown. I kind of brought it back the other day. I was having a conversation with someone saying, how can we tell the narrative again, but differently? Because I think she did such a good job and it wasn't seen by yeah. enough. Yeah. And I don't want to let go of the idea of it. It's a little bit like I fell in love with Joaquin Phoenix, um, her. Mm, yeah. It's once again, the idea of falling in love with something that actually isn't tactically, tactically there, <laughs> but is there. And it's kind of this egocentric love for yourself narrative. It's fascinating. It's yeah. kind of once again, very much compatible to the world we live in. 
Oh, completely. Yeah. Tell us our story. End it in the middle. Absolutely the way to go. Um, I have also been slightly obsessed with Silo, it has to be said. I watched pretty much every episode as quickly as I could cram them into my face. And partly I think that's because, as I say, I love sci-fi, but I love great world building. Like I like a, like a fascinating world that I can just disappear into. And this very much is one. So I kind of wondered whether, you know, for you, because like I say, you've done a number of speculative roles. Is it the interesting world you think you'd like to spend time in? Do you feel that secondary? Is it a about the story or do you just think this is a character that I really want to get under the skin of for however many weeks I'm doing this role? I think it was really a bundle of all of them. I loved the characters, most of the characters that I read in the script and I hadn't read the books before I read the scripts, which usually happens when it comes to you and I I don't have enough time to read the books right now. (laughs) But um, I fell in love with the journey and I love the merging of the characters and and what I did love was the fact that there were some things that didn't work for me. And I verbalized it in the meeting with Graham Yost and, and Morton Tildum. And they took it on board and we, I kind of said, thank you, but we'll see kind of thing. And then they called back and they had done a couple of changes. And I could see that they were so open for ideas and thoughts. And there was a collaboration that started building. And that's when they offered the role of the executive. It wasn't something I asked for. Yeah. And gradually that was of interest for me because now I could go into something for X amount of months, whatever it would be, a continuation, maybe not, we don't know what's happening, but I can see it now from another perspective. Um, And the fact is she's a phenomenally cool character and there's a body work that I haven't done before that I'm playing with. And she goes on an incredible arc. Um, Why not? Why wouldn't once again, why not? Why not do that? Why not have fun with it? Well, I'm fascinated. Like, what specifically, if you could even say, didn't quite work for you? Like, what kind of tweaks were you looking for? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I cannot ask no, that question. <laughs> I couldn't possibly tell you. It was, we all have ideas and needs, and sometimes things work for other people, and sometimes it does for me. That's how I work. That's sure. how, before we get a, most actors will read a script and think, you know, from page one to 125, there will be changes. And it's just the fact that sometimes we go, we're in a position where we think, is it worth the fact that I don't have the power to see the narrative out and the edits? Am I willing to give that much to it? And my, I fell in love with Graham. I fell in love with the showrunner and the fact that I know how I've seen most of his work. So my automatic trust is I believe in what he wants to do. Well, that's important, isn't it? I'd be a fly on the wall hearing <laughs> him. And the fact is he did bring in many of my notes and ideas and tweaks um, that are not big for other people because you don't know what we're comparing it to. But for me, it was an enormous respect to my creative aspect. Um, it's kind of wild, though, that the show, you get the scripts, you're basically not in the first episode. You know, no. was that, does that come with a note saying, just, just so you know, you will be in the show, I promise, but just, you know, keep <laughs> going with it. <laughs> wait, wait until the last, yeah, exactly. Um, no, and I love that. They sent it. They knew the character, and I was still drawn to it. There was nothing in me, the ego of going, I'm on page 40, and I'm not, <laughs> and what's going on? The build-up, the talking about, the story and the journey was bigger than the actual seeing of a character. And that's interesting, and that's good storytelling. Um, and you have to push your ego aside. It's not about you, and when you're going to do a show, you need to love all characters involved. 
Yeah, absolutely. They're part of this this larger story. But what I find interesting about this, well, so, so there's a friend of ours who's a friend of the podcast. She's a screenwriter. And she says, or she once told us that her take on good drama is you, you find a situation or a story, and then you think of the worst possible person to put in that situation. And that's where your drama comes from. And it feels a lot <laughs> like that's a bit like what happens here like she's given a job Juliet does that she's supposed to ask no questions she's supposed to toe the line and accept things for what they are and because of her past because of who she is you feel like she's entirely incapable of doing any of that (laughs) yeah and also what I love you're completely right and what I also love is the fact that she is home she's like a fish in water down in the mechanical and as soon as her journey starts and she's walking up the stairs for various reasons she is like Bambi on ice she is in a, in a position of power and has no idea what to do with it, where she's going. I remember reading it thinking, she has no side person. She has no sidekick to run her thoughts by, or she's all alone in a journey of unraveling lies and et cetera. And she's put in a situation where she has to go, do I want to go back down home? Or am I now going to actually bite the bullet and keep on going to why I have no idea where this is taking me? Um, and I love that. It's, it's and in, in an environment where she can't get away. Yeah, very enclosed space. Yeah, it's limited great, options. I love what your, the woman said. Yeah. About put an environment. And then, I mean, that's what we talk about with sci-fi, etc. It's character building just in different locations, right? Whether yeah. it's space or, or whether it's down underground or it's, just storytelling of characters moving us from one journey to another and back. Yeah, because here you've got a mechanic, someone who literally fixes things, and you put her in a situation she cannot fix. She needs to fix things. She's driven to fix things. And we find out, obviously, as the series goes on, that her past has a lot to do with that. She also has a resentment towards her father, which seems to become like a a rejection of all authority. And then you put her in a very hierarchical job as well. So it does feel like uh, she's uniquely bad for it. Hugh Hugh Howey said to me in the beginning, because... we're obviously creating the based on his books, but he also gave us the freedom to move around because you always have to create something different. Yeah. I, I talked about the philosophy because he's very bright, Hugh, and there's a lot of philosophical aspects and how he thinks on character development. And he talked about Rousseau, who said that we were born good and society destroys us. And then the opposite is that we were born evil and society tames us. And he said he always loved the idea of play on the idea of when you're put in and confined environment and you have people who want to follow the rules but you have the people who don't want to follow the rules what happens when does when does it tip over and is it the fact that you come to the realization that one can't function without the other and these are the little sort of cogwheels that i feel we we played with and that she has to understand as well throughout the journey you can't just push on like a truck not least of all because the pact takes a very dim view of that kind of behavior and indeed of lifts i couldn't help but notice the pact prohibits lifts which presumably made this quite a cardio intensive shoot because half your conversations seem to be on stairs climbing stairs constantly your step step count must have been off the charts i remember that as one of my I think it actually was a note that they had had in the script and they didn't have it on one of the versions I read because I said, why aren't they just having a communication device that goes up and down? I mean, we're intelligent. We've lived for 200x years. And I think Graham went, but it was in there. And I think they'd taken it out for some reason where one person basically have to give you the reason that so that we can control the form of communication, we are not allowed to create any form of communication bearings, et cetera. It has to be through porters running up and down. Yeah 
prohibiting any form of information, which basically reminds us very much of the Second World War and what they did to the Jews. Um, but controlling the narrative, yes. right? controlling the narrative and giving everyone lots of cardio, which is uh, also very important. Uh, one thing I did want to ask you about is Juliet's tattoos, because she has a really interesting kind of tattoo system on her sort of arm, on her shoulder. What, was there any conversation about what those tattoos mean? Did you get into, you know, what they should look like? Yes. So Louise, um, Louise Cole, who is the makeup, head of makeup, we had so much fun. And that's also fun being in the producer chair. But whether or not you're in a producer chair, if you have a free set and a free character development possibility, which I did, we were throwing ideas to each other. And what she was talking about is what would exist? What would be the tag? How do the mechanicals tag their wars, tag their bodies? Like, is there groups? Is there gangs? Uh, what happens the higher up you come? What happens to the people? And I found this tattoo of all this rope uh, and we created it, handcrafted it because it, it just reminded me of tools and the things we have. And it was sort of a homage to the things around us because that's where our imagination would go. It's yeah. shapes and, and graphs. And, and I like that. I like the fact that the tattoos resembles the environment that we're in. Yeah, it's really unusual. And it, it's, it kind of feels like something she's able to bring with her from the down deep right to the top. And it, again, sets her apart, as all things do, from the yeah, other people that she's exactly. with. Yeah, exactly. it's, uh, it's fascinating. I mean, this, this show is at its heart a puzzle box show, right? It feels like, even more so than the book, it kind of unravels very slowly over the course of the season. Are those the kind of shows that captivate you? Like, what are your kind of go-to shows that you watch? I mean, I'm all over the place right now. <laughs> and I said this someone because I don't want to hear... I was late to the game with succession. And Stay I started off social media today. Stay off social media today. <laughs> I am. And I don't want to hear anything. I haven't, started, I haven't started season four. Um, and I am just, I went on Instagram and there was an image. And I didn't see enough, but I yeah. saw enough and it really pissed me off. Um, but I'm, and I'm not just promoting Apple here, but I think they're doing really well. Oh, I agree. Um, I am very, very happy with their shows. The other one I just finished was um, uh, Shrinking. Mm, yeah. I loved it. There's nothing specific in what I fall for. I fall for great narrative. I fall for wicked, quick, good dialogue. Yeah. And there's not enough of that. That's why I love the one with Rafe Spore called Trying. Yes, that's great too. Bad also Sisters very, is also very good for dialogue. Bad Sisters, phenomenal. Mm. Um it has nothing to do with the setting. It has to do with my belief in the character and how they speak and respond. Yeah. That's yeah. what captures me straight away. Oh, great dialogue is like poetry. It's wonderful. It's why I like our, all of Aaron Sorkin stuff, like The West Wing, I all mean, of that. It's, it's glorious. Glorious. <laughs> uh, one thing I do want to ask you before you go is that I noticed you did a thing called Spark Hunter, which was a podcast. Obviously, being a podcast, we do love podcasts. I thought that's quite an unusual route to go in terms of storytelling. <laughs> did you listen to it? I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm absolutely going to because it's very, very topical uh, with everything that's going on at the moment. And you're like a rogue AI essentially in it, aren't you? I could barely describe it to you. It is so <laughs> difficult to understand. I basically did it because Mark Rylance was in it and Fair. because... Trudy is a wonderful friend and because I'd never done radio play and because I was always terrified of reading out loud, it made me always quite anxious. Like table reads in general is something that I can't stand. And this basically has me just read the biggest monologues that are the most difficult things I've ever done. And it must have been so well written 
that it just flowed. And I was sitting opposite Mark Rylance and I was playing an AI that he has created who starts getting these emotions and trying to overcome the bearings of being human, but not. And the fact that she, I remember this now, the fact that she has moments of realization that she's pushing boundaries sexually and, and triggering people. And she likes the fact that the reaction of the other person was something gory and disgusting and she studies it. And then her mind goes elsewhere. She verbalizes emotions that I myself can very much relate to, but we don't talk about. Mm. Amazing. Well, I'm out of time. Thank you so much for that. The machines are, of course, going to kill us all. But until that time, Rebecca, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks a lot. That was Rebecca Ferguson and me. Uh, Should we have some news? Are we ready for news? Are you feeling newsy? Mm -hmm. What have we got? Well, you know, the the, the, uh, who's going to say it first? Yeah, me. Okay, go on then. Series two of The Diplomat. Oh, it's yeah. happening, guys. It is happening. It is. It is. Yep. Netflix has announced that there will be series two of the show that James and I, and I think Boydo, love. Yes, very, Boydo watched it all on a flight. Yes. Terry Russell. Exactly. I watched it all on a flight. As the makers intended. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so oh. now I was delighted about that. It's great. It's good. It was, yeah, That's it's very good news. news. Yeah. It's very good news. Not least of all because it ends on the cliffhanger. Yeah. So. The Gourmet Burger went yeah. out. Mm. There'll be a whole new dinner of Gourmet Burgers. Delicious. Very excited. Mm. So that's good news. Uh, In less good news, the whole of the TV industry has ground to a standstill in America because the Mm. WGA, the Writers Guild of America, is currently on strike and not to be all political, rightly so, uh, because they're not getting paid properly in this new streaming age that we live in. Uh, The terms, I think they renegotiate every three years, but they're currently renegotiating. It has not gone well. They are on strike. They have down tools. And as has been mentioned in the past, when this happened last time in 2008, Jesse Plemons murdered someone in season two of Friday Night Lights. And that was basically, (laughs) that. that, I mean, that's the worst thing that came out of it, but there was a lot of that. So expect Jesse Plemons to kill again this time, but also expect bad things to happen well I mean it's impacted um, it, 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 the impact it will have on scripted shows various completely some shows well not, not even just scripted shows isn't it because like well, the late night talk shows say. yes okay <laughs> sorry sorry Boydie go on Bellin. I've stolen your thunder that's my point Boydie so, tell me will it only affect <laughs> scripted shows <laughs> don't edit that that's brilliant because um, yeah because scripted shows it varies so for yeah. example House of the Dragon they said oh, all the, all the scripts done. are written yeah. for the second season it's all fine let's hope they don't need any rewrites <laughs> no, no, no random murdering in uh, House of the Dragon <laughs> no. it'll be fine from Jesse Plemons um, you can see Jesse Bowman's in the house track, but anyway. Uh, but but shows like talk shows and Saturday Night Live is on hiatus instantly, yes. immediately. Yeah. In fact, the James Corden show that I went to LA to cover, they're lucky. I mean, the yeah. whole show ended finished just, just in time. Because yeah. right, the whole those shows are completely reliant on their writers' rooms. Also, yeah. don't worry because the new series of the Kardashian is in the Kardashians is in the can, guys. So you don't need to work. Oh, you're saying that's scripted. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, oh, semi-scripted. Um, no, I think that can get, that that puriality gets away with not having. Yeah, exactly. Well, isn't writers. this you know where a lot of this is? I mean, it sounds awful, but like a lot of reality shows will see a slight resurgence now because it's the only yeah. thing they can yeah, put yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah absolutely. Yeah, and, and you God know, help us. Depending how <laughs> depending how long it goes on for, new reality shows could be created. So, I mean, I seem to remember the big big Hollywood strike of years ago. They you know was the kind of whole new series were invented yeah. in that period yeah. that would never have even have been um, commissioned if it wasn't for the strike. It went on so long so mm. depending when how long it goes that? on Which for year, did you 2008 say? I believe and there was another huge one before that there's mm. been you know two, two, at least two in my 
in recent memory that uh, they've had a big impact, huge impact. Um, and so it's a massive crisis for Hollywood. And, and, and as you say, it's all to do with the streamers and the and incredibly unfair. And when you re- read about the more you read about how writers are treated in oh, the post streaming yeah. age, it is shocking. There was a guy on the radio the other day, um, Five Live did a feature on it, and they interviewed an American writer. He had worked on some brilliant shows, like top, top shows. And he said he had $8 in his bank oh, account. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, because he just, you just can't survive because you're not, there's no guarantee of work anymore. You know, even if you're signed up to a show, you can you can work on it for like two weeks and then you're off. And, you know, they have um, writers rooms where you know, like they they just they'll do one episode and two writers will work on an episode and then they they can't work on any other episodes. It's just so capricious and random that they just mm. can't make it. It's so hard to make a living unless you're like you know a god of TV already. It's really hard to make a living and rise up the ladder of writing. It, it, it's shocking. The one thing that I think is weird that they that the WGAA are trying to push through though, you know, there's one thing that I think is a bit, do you know about this? Oh, it depends what you're going to say, but okay. I think so. I think they're trying to regulate how many people do write for a show. They're literally the number of people People. So they're trying to say um, we need to have a minimum number of people in the writers' room. Now, bearing in mind, writers' rooms are rarely used in British TV mm. scripted shows at all. You know, most British dramas and comedies are written more and more. It's, it's yeah. changing more, but there's still a lot of them written by one writer, literally sitting there writing an entire six-part sitcom or drama. In a, what WJ, what they're saying effectively is in America is we, you can't do that. You have to have a certain, and they're trying to impose What's that. This is extraordinary. Isn't this to stop these kind of mini writers' rooms that yeah. have been popping? Up where There's, people are basically the getting exploited. Yeah. yeah, but still, it is, you know, I think... What's as, the number, boy? I'm know? not on the studio side in any way, but I think that, I was like pretty amazed they're trying to push that through. What's the what? The number, what's the minimum? How many? Oh, there? I think it varies. So there might be six writers in a writer's room for a, you know, 10-part series or what. It varies to how many episodes there are, etc. But uh, I read one article pointed out, Mike Wye, for example, even at, the creator of um, The White Lotus, he writes that whole thing himself. Mm. And, there was, and they said, you know, yeah, he does, but there's still some involvement somewhere. Well, but, but that will be true, because Sorkin, again, had a writer's room, even yeah. though he was essentially the sole screenwriter. Yeah, but there's still, might be, uh, there's still examples of like very, very minimal, you know, input. You know, it might be literally one or two people. Mm. So to try, uh, that feels like a misstep to me as an outsider. If anyone, we have loads of, luckily we have loads of writers, you know, who listen to the show, professional script writers of t- we do. TV. If any of them can explain to me why I sh- maybe I'm wrong about that and why imposing a certain minimum numbers on writers which is a good thing you know then please you know, know. I, I, would, I was surprised I would genuinely like someone to to either either come on the show and talk about this writer's thing yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. or write you know write us a, a long thing but like maybe send it to me via email so it doesn't get lost in the triage system yeah. but uh, but yeah I think that would be a valuable but just piece every other element of it, it, it I'm completely on board with not that, not that they care what I think but I, I understand is what I mean I think everyone you know the entire Hollywood creative community quite rightly the actors and the producers and the directors are all coming out in support of the WGA, quite of the writers, because there will be none of these fucking shows that we talk about every week on this without the writers, of course. Yes. I know it seems like an inane and obvious thing to say, but it's fundamentally the case. Yeah, so is. so the, the mere detail I'm pointing out about those, that writer's room issue is, is a side And point. as has been pointed out, and as I mentioned on the Empire podcast, you know, without writers, Jenna Ortega would have nothing to punch up. As was, <laughs> exactly. uh, I can't remember whose picket line that was, but it was very, very that funny. That was brilliant. Uh, that made me laugh There's another one about, there was a banner about succession, succession, 
Christian is essentially the apprentice without script writing. Oh, that's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So WGA strike then. We shall see how that plays out. What else is happening in the world of news? You mentioned the morning show before, Randall. I did. About something. Yeah, which has been renewed for yeah. season four. Four. Three hasn't come out yeah. yet. Yeah. Don't even know what season three is about. Exactly. We're getting a fourth. But what, that, what's really interesting about that is, is that they must be very confident because I think season two was a quasi disaster. It was. Yes. I mean, we, I enjoyed it. I, I've often, and how many years ago was it? It seems like a lifetime ago. <laughs> yeah. It really does seem like a long time ago. I think ago. it's taken them a while to get over it. Yeah. But so, um, but season, the good news is season three is due in the autumn. I don't think we've got a date for it yet, but it's, it's all ready to go. Yeah. The to... unfinished episodes may be on the Apple screening site <laughs> even now. CGI Who knows? Missing, missing VFX from like <laughs> green screens outside the office buildings. <laughs> but I'm excited that it's back relatively soon, the morning show. Yes. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they've com- already commissioned season four, I mean, I guess once you've got Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon in a show, then you're like, you're going to cling on to it as long as possible, aren't you? Like, uh, it's a no-brainer. I, really. I genuinely never thought it was ever coming back. I, I thought that no. was done. With season two, I really? thought after that, I genuinely no. didn't thought it would come oh, back no, after totally. that. Uh, absolutely, I, it had to come back. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm actually quite pleased, actually, because I'd like to see more of it, but we never, ever speak about the pandemic storyline again. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But there was the brilliant hysterical argument scene in the car. I don't forget that. Yes. That was brilliant. And the whole Stephen... The argument scene in the car, which incidentally I watched without VFX, and it's a very different experience when you realise they're just <laughs> yeah. sitting on a soundstage in yeah. the car that's popping up and down. The whole Steve Carell storyline was mad. In oh, that was well. deranged. Yeah. Absolutely deranged. I mean, that that episode was, no pun intended, a car crash. Uh, the yeah. whole thing was just, you know, it really was just not good yeah. uh, the whole season. Sorry. Uh, what else is happening? I've got some Paramount Plus news. It's Paramount Plus, I believe they like to refer to us. <laughs> Paramount um, Plus. There's going to be... Uh, um, we've got... Uh, Sheridan Smith has recently yes. tweeted about that fact that she'll be flying off to Greece this summer to play Laurie in Lucy Clark's brilliant best-selling novel The Castaways. Um, she'll star alongside Celine Buckens, who, as you may recall, is in The Ex-Wife. Indeed. And has been on this very podcast. Ooh. Of course. And um, the show will be um, filmed in Greece and... Where else? Guess. Fiji! Um... Yes! Fiji from <laughs> wow. next month. So, guys, just had a little We're thought. going to Fiji. You're not. I thought, how about I do a set visit in Fiji and we we sign, get signed off by the powers that be mm. saying that I'm doing a set visit, but also basically be a one-woman campaign to, in, to enlist increase people, the numbers. Yeah, to yeah. listen to Pilot Plus. Yeah, to campaign. And Pilot. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? I think it's a great idea. Can we get it signed off? No. Oh, no, come on. Where's your will? Come on, where's your will? My will is there. My wallet is not. Hmm. I'm not paying for you to go to Fiji. I'm sorry. I asked James. I think think you have to approach Paramount Plu. Yeah. uh, Paramount, okay. Are any any people in Paramount Plus listening? If you are, please, can I go? um, I think they will. I think they'll. I bet there'll be a set for that show. (gasps) I guarantee, because Sarah Smith's a huge star. Yeah. Um, You know, much sought after, etc. I saw her recently on stage in Shirley Valentine's. Down the road, yes. Yeah. In which, of course, she is playing someone on holiday in Greece effectively so okay. uh, oh yeah of course but um, yeah we should definitely go oh my god Fiji yeah I think a pod holiday to Fiji would be a great I mean, idea yeah, I bet you'd James be honest would you want to go to Fiji why would I not want to go to Fiji I just feel like first you of all you'll be you never go away yeah, anyway. you never go on holiday right I reckon you'd be factor 50 up and like just oh, staying yeah. in the I hotel I know I would be factor 50 up no yes. that's, that's fine always be safe in the sun yeah. um, but I think you'd stay mostly in the hotel because it's too hot for you watching, watching TV shows you'd get hot and irritable yeah. I'd, be, I'd be in the hotel room like Rewatching the, the Expanse or something, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that is okay. Either pod holiday or just I'll go solo. Okay, fine. Yeah, fine. Cool. So I'm excited about that. Um, and the other bit of news from me is that Channel Five have. Um, well, I think we already knew that there'd be a second series of the Hull-based comedy written by Carolyn Moran and Anne Marie O'Connor called Hull Raisers, Channel which four. I was. 
Yeah, that's what I said, didn't I? You said five. Did I? So. I mean, James, James wasn't listening I say? at all. I'm sorry I wasn't listening. Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> maybe, okay. I, maybe, maybe I missed her. No, if I got that wrong, it's Channel 4. Um, it's called Hellraisers. It was really good. I really enjoyed the first series. And they've announced that um, the cast will be joined by Tom Bennett and also Sam Swainsbury. So um, I'm excited for the second season because I really enjoyed the first. Speaking of second seasons, Bob Odenkirk is going to be in season two of The Bear. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that is good news. Which is exciting news. Yeah, very exciting. Oh, I enjoyed The Bear. Yeah. I want to see The Bear back and on the screen. Bear is a legend, yeah. Mm? A living uh, legend. What else have we had? Oh, there was something I'd say. They were saying Kevin, Co- Kevin Costner was talking about his exit from Yellowstone after season five. This is all kind of coming together. It's been reported that, he said, literally reading a news story live on air, <laughs> he will not be returning after season five. So season five will be the last Kevin Costner season of Yellowstone. And the Only Murders in the Building season three premiere date has been revealed by Steve Martin and Martin Short at an event. It's in July, isn't it? It's in... Uh, I'm just looking through. August 8th. August the 8th. Okay. August the 8th. Put it in your diary. And uh, Martin Short said, our show is like Stephen trying to pee. It streams for 33 minutes. Fiji. <laughs> okay. Very good. And there was news on one of my favourite um, quasi-cheesy Apple TV Plus thriller series with one name beginning with S, which is Surface. Do you remember Surface? Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, what's her name? Uh, Gugu and Bath yeah. yeah. Well, she's been joined by, in season 2K, Frida Pinto. Oh, fab. We'll be starring in it with her. And because it, it, that's the remember the phenomenon, actually, that's a bit of a spoiler if you, if you, so I won't spoil it. But yeah. oh, thanks, Boyd. <laughs> well, <done>. well <laughs> I'm just reading this new story actually, which crazy I spoiled it. But let's just say a lot of season two is going to be set in this very home, t- this very town of London. This very town of London. Yeah. They Much like have, you. They yeah. um, better have some good exteriors because that's what I was obsessed with. Do you remember that? Yeah. The property yeah. porn. Fantastic. And yeah. her fantastic wardrobe. San Francisco based like property mm. porn, yeah. And Phil Dunster's already been announced of Ted Lasso, he's in it as well. So, yeah, exciting cast news for um, Surface. That is exciting. Should we, should we finish news? Let's finish news. Well, if you want to finish news, we'll finish it. We'll finish news. Let's move on to this week's reviews. And let's begin with, he says, with no plan, let's begin with £10 poms on BBC... What? Well, <laughs> oh, he nailed it first time. Uh, this is a show which stars Fame Marseille of Andor fame and Warren Brown of Luther fame as people in post-war Britain who paid £10 to emigrate to Australia. Famously, and I know this because I looked it up on Wikipedia, there was a scheme where Australia were trying to essentially boost their population. Mm. So we were trying to import poms from the UK. So there was a scheme whereby you paid £10 and all of your sort of like you know, and you'd been like a three, three month, three week, however long it takes to get to Australia by boat. They would ship you over there and you would start your life anew how, down under. How extraordinary is that? Because like I was saying in my preview, like you can't even get lunch at prep for less than a tenner. <laughs> I, I, you could be going inflation. down under. Yeah. But like you could just be like... A holiday to Australia yeah. for £10. Well, it wasn't quite a holiday because bear in mind, once they got there, their passport was confiscated and they were mm. then not allowed to leave for two years or they had to pay back the, best kind the of holiday. full cost <laughs> of the whole thing. And when they got there, while they were shown these sort of beautiful sort of picket fence houses. Well, they actually stayed in was a POW camp that looked like an aircraft hangar. So, you know, it wasn't maybe all it was cracked up to be. So this is exactly what happens to Warren Brown's Terry Roberts uh, and his wife when they they sort of, they he's, let's say, has a drinking problem and some debts and he upsticks and they move to Australia, but it is not quite the paradise they were hoping for. So, Kay, would mm-hmm. you pay £10 to see this? I think it's worth £10, yeah. I mean, I really love um, everything that Danny Brocklehurst has done, particularly, like, recently. We should mention, he created this. Yes, he yes. created <laughs> this show. Um, and he did Brassic, which um, which I really enjoyed. And obviously, Ordinary Lies. And um, 
Why are you looking at me? Why am I looking at you? Oh my God, the politics. <laughs> Boyd, Boyd, yeah. you, you, you know Kay's rider. Yeah. Do not make yeah. eye contact Sorry, with Kay no, when she's girl. doing the podcast. It's just like, who's the actor who people establish eye contact with and there was a big row? Christian Bale. Christian Bale, yeah. You, you, you Christian Kay's Bale. like, it's fucking yeah. distracting. Oh, good. Large he's <laughs> I didn't realise you did your own re- re- recreation of the famous Christian Bale. Oh, That's brilliant. Well, Kate, Ooh. I've got my hand over my <laughs> eyes. Not, I will not establish eye contact. I'm so sorry. With you. What happened was I turned and I caught your eye and I thought I was saying something wrong. Wow. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, anyway, what was I saying? Yeah, um, fan of Danny Brocklehurst. And I love a period drama. So I was obviously going to be um, on board with this. And I did enjoy it. I thought it was really interesting. First of all, because I didn't really know about this deal for a tenor. And instantly they made me. <laughs> you were hoping to sign up. Yes, instantly I, I was thinking, <laughs> are you sure? Um, I'll do it for Fiji. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, so yeah, I was very intrigued by that and um, interested that that actually was a real thing. Um, and I just thought, yeah, this first episode, I've only watched one episode, I have to confess. So I'm not sure how it pans out. But the first episode does a good job, obviously, of setting the scene and like establishing all the main characters, as you say, Warren Brown. And uh, Michelle Keegan also uh, stars as Nurse Kate, who clearly has an ulterior motive for going um, mm, to Australia. There's a mystery afoot. <laughs> there is, um, which is signposted a few times. Um, and yeah, so I thought it was I thought it was really well done. I think, you know, obviously they have filmed in Australia, so it's very authentic. Um, and I think... What I didn't realise as well, I thought was good at flagging the, f- the fact that actually I didn't realise how um, racist the Aussies were to the Brits and how <laughs> unwelcome they were and how hated the Brits were. I mean, obviously, you know, the, when I watch the cricket, it gives the gist. But, you know, I didn't, I really didn't realise. And I thought that was quite shocking, actually. Um, there's a part in the, the first episode where I think one of the Australian, the foreman of... Um, the site that Warren Brown's character goes to work on is just kind of like, yeah, I mean, the, the way you see blacks in England, that's how we see you. Um, and I was quite um, shocked and appalled, obviously, by that. But yeah, so I thought it was really interesting. It did a good job of establishing um, the setup and everything like that. But I have to say, even though it's like, you know, a transformational trip they go on, and that in itself is interesting, I wasn't massively gripped by the end of it. I, d- I didn't think... Put it like this. Usually I'm like, oh my God, I have to see how this is panning out. But I, w- I didn't have that. It didn't hook me in as I expected it to. Expected it to. So um, yeah, I thought it was perfectly decent drama, but yeah, not oh, as enticing I, as I thought. Oh, I was hooked. I think um, I thought that there's a thing that happens that we, I won't, that we won't go into, but there's, a, there's an incident, yeah. shall we say, involving Warren Brown's character um, and the that horrendous um, foreman. Is he the foreman? Of the... Don't think he's the foreman. No, he's, he's, he's the stroppy racist worker. Twat, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's not the foreman. He, yeah, yeah. He's, just, he's the leader of the Aussies. Yeah, he's yeah. the leader Workers, of the Aussies. And yeah. he's a, he is a piece of work, that, that character. I mean, he is it's like, first of all, he's just nasty and racist and horrible. And then he kind of tries to be nicer. And then it's like, it's just a roller. He's a one-man roller coaster, oh, yeah. isn't he? He's quite he's, he's a lot. He's a yeah. lot. Lot to deal with, and there's an incident involving the two of them. That actually, yeah, I forgot, yeah, yeah, that does. Set I, up. I've got to admit something. I sort of forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> so the roller coaster involves this review from me because I'm like, oh yeah, actually that was pretty yeah. Good. Because I actually, I mean, I thought it was an interesting opening episode because first of all, I, the poster which I'm just looking at now is like a kind of like airbrushed, almost romantic. Um, mm. I don't know if you remember seeing it of the of kind of the three main characters on the boat, kind of you know looking at it's. Like, very it's like looking into the future. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like kind of... Yeah, it's, it's yeah, a poster it of a family with, and yeah. the fresh start they're going to make yeah. and sun-kissed But location. actually, in classic Danny Brockhurst manner, he does not 
you know, he goes straight for the jugular. And the opening scene is basically Warren Brown drunk, spewing up, yeah. you know, immediately his wife going, right, we're going to Australia. And within literally about 10 seconds. Yeah, but they, they get are, on the boat. Yeah. You think, oh, the first episode is going to be the journey. And then they're no, docking. They're, and you're like, oh. And second, yeah, I like that. I thought the pace of that opening was like, whoa, okay. Yeah. You're not no, messing that's good, about. You wouldn't want to watch like six no, I'm saying it's really yeah. good. That's what I'm saying. No, on, I, I'm saying how I think you, you almost expect it to be quite a kind of, you know, gentle mm-hmm. entry into the storyline. But it's completely kind of wham back. Um, start then it does settle down a bit as you get to see you know the kind of setting and the as you as, as Joe's mentioned the camp where they have to live and that it's not you know all going to be roses and the racism and I thought the the racism was that was very you know obviously being paralleled to people you know there were lines like oh while you're taking all our jobs mm. and that is the foreman who points this out they're not taking their jobs they've gone out and asked them to come to the country yeah. to do jobs that, are, that other people the natives in quotes don't want to do which of course is absolutely what still does that true remind you of? exactly and <laughs> I thought that point was, I know it's not a subtle point, but it's a point that nevertheless absolutely yeah. should be made, quite rightly is being made in this show. But to get back to that incident, so all the way through, I'm like, yeah, this is this is interesting, decent. I thought very nicely shot and everything, nicely mm. directed. And that's great. I think Warren Brown is really, really good actor. It's good to see it. And this is probably his most lead role. I know he's in that kind of um, SASE drama on Sky that he was the lead, kind of effectively the co-lead for. Um, but this is like, feels like a, a you know, a really a good role for role him. For a him. meaty, mm. kind of complex role for him. Um, and, but the thing that happens towards the end that really is, you know, quite shocking and I really want to know how that plays out because that's that's very cleverly sets up, I think, the rest of the series because how is that going to be dealt with and how, what are the fallout from that? So I thought there was more than enough to um, to keep me gripped by it. Yeah, I thought it was good. I fall more, in, more into the K camp on this okay. one. I, I thought it was well put together and I, I found it interesting on a historical sort of basis because I didn't know this was a thing and it made me read up on it and watching yeah. it I was, I was fascinated with the by the treatment of the the Brits abroad mm. uh, and also by the by the scheme and the, and the you know the politics behind it and why they did it and how it all worked out and how people were essentially sent off to Australia and the, the sheer percentage of people who historically you know, sucked it up and just went home and just mm. quit before the thing. And the amount of money they had to pay back was not an insignificant one to to so essentially refund the Australian government for their trip over. Like, it was a big hit to go back. But mm. I think they were so miserable, a lot of them just wanted to go home. Which is like, especially because they arrive at this place and it's like... Um, it looks like a prison camp. It genuinely looks like a POW camp. And, that, and one of them says, this is disgusting. And, he, and the guy, instead of saying, well, you know, it may, you can make the best of it, he goes, we've got a saying here, it's whinging poms. <laughs> and you're like, wow, welcome to Australia. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but other than that, it was just like people being horrible to people. And I, yeah, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't seize me. I didn't think, God, I must know how this, how this pans out. So yes, along with Kay, I will be going back to Colin from Accounts. Sorry. <laughs> Music to my ears, James. Yeah. Obsessed, but this is on BBC One, Boydie, and what day does it Sunday, air? Sunday, next Sunday, the thingy of what's it? 14th of May at 9pm. Oh, on the good. Sunday, on the thingy of what's it. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Uh, next, we have Muppets Mayhem, which sees the return of Jim Henson's menagerie to our screens for the first time in insert number of years here. Uh, and... Uh, whether or not this is a good thing remains to be seen. So this is one which focuses around Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem, who are apparently a band in the Muppets, which I absolutely knew before watching this. Um, And essentially, they are brought in by their record label because they are overdue an album and they want to save the record label and there's Muppets and there's singing and I had to watch this. So... (laughs) Uh, oh, please, do some mystique for <laughs> what you thought of it, James. Boydie, okay, wait for it. Were you, uh, were you gonzo for this, or 
a Grouch. And I do appreciate that the Oscar the Grouch isn't technically a Muppet because he's part of the Sesame Street crew and only really Kermit see, crosses see over between the Muppets yeah. and the Sesame apart. Street. Yeah. So so yeah. it's not the best. No. I think we swiftly move on. Okay. Yeah. Did you like it? This is... How can I put this? Hateful. No, uh, come on. This is fucking mad. Yeah. It's just <laughs> mad. <Mad-ship. laughs> how did... Right, so, okay, let's, let's do a Muppets thing on Disney+. Plus. We've got the rights to the Muppets. Evergreen, you know, characters, Miss Piggy, Kermit, we love those characters. We love... I, I was brought up on the Muppet show when it was on ITV in the 70s. Um, I loved it. You know, they used to get brilliant guest stars on every week. It was fantastic. There was a band too. There was a band, yeah. And there was like mainly because the drummer was funny animal. and animal. And, um, you know, that's about all you knew of it, you know, uh, the band element, by the way. Uh, so someone somewhere has decided to make a new series built entirely around the rock band yeah. on The Muppet Show and make it quite an insidery music business kind of satire, yeah. basically. It's a bit like, what's the name in the... You know that Daisy, Daisy and the Daisy Six? Daisy Jones and the Six. They were all Muppets, yes. But Muppets. Yeah. And um, trying to be funny, but not really. Like, there's a joke. The first joke of this whole series, right, I kid you not, it's about Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. Now, as a CSNY fan myself of 50-something years old, I appreciated it. But who is this aimed at? <laughs> I, I, I didn't oh understand God. it then, and I didn't understand any of the words you just said. No, so. Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. There's a joke about Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young in the very first scene where the, where the music business boss woman yes. who is brilliantly designed by the way mm. so the best thing about the whole show is that character of Penny is the record company boss she is great just as the design of the character the voice but the, the rest of this show is a bewildering concept I don't know again like all the jokes kind of pretty much are about rock rock bands and the music business there's some unfunny stuff about the fact that um, the main character the main kind of human non-Muppet character Nora played by Lily Singh and her sister are oh, yeah. somehow yeah I don't know why she's like to diminish her sister no. but she's trying to get them to to make an album because they are an album it's all like mad the whole idea is mad <laughs> I don't understand because the Muppets alright I'm so been, happy I thought I was, I was oh, watching no. this I thought I'd be the only one who was like what the, oh, is it's the Muppets it's, it's demented. It's demented. The Muppets have always been cross-generational. And that kind of one of the brilliant things about the Muppets has always been, yeah, they appeal to, I think, people of all ages. But they have to appeal to kids <laughs> as well. And I can't see no. anyone under the age of, like, 40 <laughs> understanding half of the references in this fucking show. It is mad. It's not funny. It's it's Some of it's kind funny. of mostly irritating. And they've made a Muppet show. And the best thing about it all, there's not even any like Miss Piggy or Kermit no. or any of those characters, you know, and I've love. never seen Boy Dago as red in the Animal, face, like, yeah, Animal oh, is the only sort of headline the, Muppet. Right, headline Muppet. <laughs> <laughs> there are guest appearances, though. Yeah. You have to say, mad guest appearances from p- people playing themselves, real-life people playing themselves. Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee but, is but, in but it. But tons more than that. Tons like, more. so many. I mean, yeah, I'm going to mention Ryan Seacrest, Kevin Smith, Danny Trejo. Is that you pronounce it? Trejo. Trejo. Weird Al Yankovic. Um, Lil Nas X is in the first mm. episode, to give him credit. And those are kind of quite... Funny in a way, Morgan Freeman's going to pop up at some point. Billy Corgan from oh, there's a smashing pumpkin yes, joke there, there again. Is a smashing pumpkin joke. joke, which like you know, millennial even is going to understand that reference. Yeah, it like is that. truly one of the maddest things. <laughs> Banana crackers of recent. It is 
K's has a phrase called banana crackers, listeners, yeah. that only K's ever <laughs> uttered. But actually, it's quite it appropriate yeah, for this banana, show because yeah. it is truly bonkers. Yeah. Um, I'm so happy I'm not. <laughs> I thought I was watching it. Mercifully, it is 30 minutes long, it so is. it's only half an hour. It felt longer, but yeah. Um, <laughs> I think, like, what I would say is, all the way throughout, I was questioning who is the audience for this because yeah. if you're watching it growing up, you know, this will skew maybe a bit too young for you, and or maybe you'll watch it for nostalgic reasons. Young people aren't going to watch it, so I was like, who's it aimed for? I do think that Lily Singh deserves a little bit of credit for the fact that you know, acting with the Muppets, I think she did quite a good job with that. Um, but other than that, this is some mad shit. It is. And I won't be watching anymore. No. But, you know, I do like the Muppets. I mean, I hated this just... with the fire of a thousand suns. Like, I really did. Like, I genuinely, it's as boy said, it's very, very irritating and it's totally deranged. And I was watching this, I just, I, and all the way through, I was just, I don't know why I'm watching this. And also, I don't why am I know watching? Yeah. why I'm watching mm. this. Uh, I, 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 I will never. Never let's watch more. Let's mended. Yeah, let's let's never speak of it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Muppets Mayhem then, which comes to Disney Plus when? <laughs> Sorry. We've killed Boyd. Um, May tenth. May the tenth. Yeah, Whatever day of the week May the tenth is. Muppets Mayhem is then. Yeah. Right. Let's get to the final show of the week, which is City on Fire on Apple TV Plus, uh, and this is based on the novel of the same name by Garth Risk Halberg. However, his novel, which is set in the 1970s, has been moved forward in time to just post 9/11 in 2003. Uh, no, yes, yes, in 2003, uh, and the whole sort of plot revolves around a disparate group of characters who are all slightly connected through the embodiment of this one character who ends up being killed in a shooting in Central Park, and then the on ongoing investigation which ties that murder to a bunch of fires. Frankly, it's actually quite a convoluted plot to explain and you don't really understand much of it from the first episode. But there's a lot going on. There are fires, there's a murder, there's adultery, there's art, there's music. There's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, Did this set either of your cities on fire? Kay? I really like this. I haven't read the book, um, but I, you know, I read up a little bit. I did a little bit of research, James. Oh, You'll be shocked. Well done. Well Maybe done. I have to write about it. Um, but it's also, it's been, it's a gritty eight-part series and it's by Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Savage. Now, I do know them because they're best known for exec producing two of my favourite shows, The Indeed. O.C. and also, is it Gossip Girl? I'm trying to remember now. I haven't written that down. Yes. Definitely Gossip The Girl. O.C. though. Gossip Girl. Um, Gossip Girl. <laughs> Gossip Girl. That's a very different show, Boydie. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and I really, I think they did a really great job of like, because they've transplanted this all the action all into um, the early noughties, as I think you said, when similar issues did exist. So in the 70s, apparently when I was reading up about the novel, it was all about the fact that, you know, there's a big financial crisis. There were loads of shootings that were causing uh, mass panic and um, there was a blackout. And that similarly happened in 2003. So I thought that was a good, clever thing they did to make it, you know, to modernise it, to bring it up to date. Um, And I just really liked the whole fact that you know, I really love dramas where everything is so interconnected and you can't quite figure it out first. And I, weirdly, James, I thought it was all right. You know, you did get on board with that straight away. You sort of understood that um, because they work backwards. So it starts off with the murder and then you um, you go back in time. Of course it does. Of course it does, yeah. It's obviously <laughs> um, And then it goes do, back in time. Do you know what? It's funny you say that. There was a, a big... Dexter Fletcher was talking about Ghosted. 
which he directed for Apple TV Plus. And he he was saying about how the grammar of filmmaking in streaming is fundamentally different from the grammar of cinema. And he was saying the thing where they have they have got algorithmic evidence that mm. people, if something doesn't happen within the first like two minutes, they will just turn off. They'll, yeah. they'll just, just turn it off and watch something else because their attention span is so short. So he said, you have to front load something interesting or you will not keep the audience on streaming because there's so much stuff out there. Mm. Which is why everyone does this media red stuff. And I guess it's similar to what they did back in the day, as we said before, in, in network TV. But yes, it seems that in streaming that the streamers actually almost, if not mandate, it certainly encourage that. Start with excitement. Yeah. And I think it did. And it really like drew me in. Um, so as you say, so it starts off with um, this uh, character called Sam and she's played by Chase Sue Wonders. And um, she is a keen photographer. She befriends a teenager called Charlie, played by Wyatt Ola Finnegg Record Store. She makes him her project and she introduces him to the downtown music scene. And he's really into it because like he's, you know, he's got he's going through a troubled time himself and he doesn't really have friends and he's very like beguiled by her but she leaves him when they go downtown and to sort out a issue which then like ends up with her winding up being shot and then we flashback and we see like all these people in this story how they're all interconnected I don't want to give too much away because it'll be massive spoiler territory but I just think it's really well cast so Jemima Kirk is in it and she's fantastic as sort of like this mum of two a wealthy um, Manhattanite and she's just like she's very frustrated by her husband we get to see how the husband knows um, Sam's character as well Um, and they're just I just I was very very enthralled by this yeah it's interesting because the novel is 927 pages long. Whoa! Yeah. I did say there was a lot going on. Yeah. War and Peace length. And um, I remember um, I bought this novel, right? Because it, 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 at the time... To fend off muggers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As a weapon of fear. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Good, it was a very famous, like, huge deal was made for this novel. You know, every, almost every year, pretty I think much. I think there was like a, was something like a two million yeah. advance. Yeah. Like, it oh, was wow. massive. Yeah. Pretty much every year or every couple of years or so, there's a novel like this that comes along for a first-time writer mm. and everyone goes bonkers about it and they get a massive advance and it's and it comes out and every eye that loves or hates it and this got I remember the reviews in the American in the New York Times and stuff the New York Times I think it was a rave and like Stephen King said it was the best American novel for years it was kind of Fleischman is in trouble similar this is the Fleischman is in trouble of you know it's year and now this is of an Apple TV plus very similar I think you know kind of phenomenon so this was a debut novel yeah, yeah oh wow yeah, I didn't yeah, know that yeah um, it was a, and it was massive so I bought it and I I read the first like chapter <laughs> and then never got around to reading the rest of the 900 pages or whatever lazy, um, lazy. so it was a phenomenon and it is interesting that that Josh as you said Josh Schwartz you know the kind mm. of gossip girl slash OC. P- OC people have got involved in it because really it's got more in common with the Fleischman's in Trouble kind of prestige you know big heavyweight kind of um, TV show are you being no, snobbish no no no, 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 no. I'm saying I'm, I think I think it's it's interesting the tone of it I'm he not is. being snob- he no. is oh my god <laughs> this is, this happens, this is I, I love this is a live reenactment of my daily life where <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm told what I think about something before I actually no, have a chance I'm to say I'm very much it. enjoying someone else in this podcast being accused of being elitist. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, what I was about to say, actually, Kay, was that I, I think they've done a really good job of avoiding it feeling genre in any way, even though it does begin with this murder. So it mm. begins with the murder, and you think, oh, you know, this is going to be a bit of a kind of whodunit, a kind of, you know, stra- but it's it, the, the whodunit almost kind of creeps up on you as you're introduced to this kind of strange, semi-random, seemingly random group of characters who actually are interconnected. And it's going to be one of those whereby you're working out the connections and mm. you're working out what, if, if any of them have got anything to do with the murder of this young woman and what their connection to her is 
etc. It was a bit like that Dear Edward as well. You know, that plane crush thing on yes. Apple TV that also had a load of disparate characters. You know, you weren't quite sure how they fit together. And I like that format as well. But I think this did a pretty good job of of what the real thing it has to do in this first episode is establish a set of characters slash suspects mm. without making it feel too contrived but also by making it clear kind of like what these characters are about and as you said and you know the Jemima Kirk character she's brilliant you know interestingly the director worked a lot and did a lot of girls episodes um, and I think he's he does a fantastic Jesse Pratt used to be in the Lemonheads as well so I mean he's a god in my eyes because Lemonheads are one of the greatest bands in history um, he's done a really good job of kind of Showing you what these characters are about without making without making it too obvious, and um, I, I think it's very well cast. I thought Wyatt Olaf as the kid in a slightly kind of slightly cliched, he's like a nerdy, a rock nerd who knows all the, about this. Band. It's very almost famous, very yeah. almost famous, exactly. <laughs> um, I, but I kind of believed him. I thought he was good. Um, I found the band and members annoying, but I think you're supposed to find yes, them annoying, I agree. Mm. particularly like the gay guy who's um, who's kind of. Uh, with his with his boyfriend, well, the brother, uh, the of, teacher, the brother who's of the brother Jemima of Kirk's Jemima character, Kirk's yeah, friend. William, yeah. played by Nico Tortorella, right? Like that, that that guy particularly, the rock band guy, was incredibly annoying. But again, it's supposed to be, um, so that's fine. John Cameron Mitchell shows up of this character Armory Gould, who's this kind of like um, very entitled rich, and he was he was slightly on a different level uh, yeah. of like, and in many ways in a different show, in a different show exactly <laughs> um, to everyone else. But I kind of found that entertaining anyway. So I, all in all, I think they've done a good job actually of, from what I remember from reading that first chapter of the novel, of capturing <laughs> what it was about and of establishing a kind of tone where there's like freaky weirdness going on. I'm not quite sure why, you know, she stopped off at the Central Park mm. to take, you know, you know and kind of, and then it's doing a good job of, of establishing a mystery and yet in not being like a kind of crime drama, cliche mystery, whodunit type thing, even though it is actually going to be a whodunit because that's the whole kind of narrative crux of it. So in my waffly way, what I'm saying is I thought it was very good. Yeah. Mm. And I will carry on watching it. it yeah, I will too. It, it, I didn't know what to expect from this actually going in. I didn't mm. know what it was going to be. I didn't know anything about the novel actually going and I was like, is this going to be like a weird YA thing? If so, I'm in. Yeah. But uh, but I was like, because also when Sam turns up and she sort of meets Charlie in this sort of record store, she has more than a hint of the manic pixie dream girl about her. Oh, so gosh, I was yeah. a bit like, oh yeah. God, where is this? Is this going to be one of those? So are we in 500 days of summer territory? Like what's happening? Um, and then she died. <laughs> and then she gets shot in the head. Yes. <laughs> so no, no longer. So no longer. Worry. No, but it's uh, what I was kind of alluding to when I said there's a lot going on. And I know I overuse the phrase, there's a lot of moving parts to this, but there really are. Like there's, it's I've quite... I've literally never heard him say that. I do actually say that. Well, I oh, always yeah, think I overuse that. If you listen to the Empire I overuse that a lot. <laughs> yeah. But, but there, genuinely, there are a lot of moving parts for this like, there's a lot going on and the, the the plot is quite convoluted and layers and 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 as Boyd said it has an almost like a literary feel at times it doesn't feel genre it feels very character led and I, I can I can well imagine it's 900 pages as well uh, but it's fascinating partly as a character study but also as what's going on it gives you this sense of place which is interesting that it was set in the 70s and is now very much set in that post 9-11 world because it gives you a very concrete sense of time and place I mean the place obviously is the same but the sense of time I felt was very specific to this era um, but yeah I was I was fascinated by what's going on how all the kind of various threads draw together and, and where this it? is going I couldn't possibly say <laughs> well I mean there's an obvious yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's suspect be, it's clearly yeah. not going to be yeah. that person but there is an obvious suspect uh, but yeah we'll see it's also I, I, was, I meant to say as well I, I, I mean I'm obsessed with New York 
in this period anyway. I literally, I would went every year to New York, you know, for a holiday and see friends of mine who live using there. Using his private jet. Yeah, yeah, using my private jet. Um, and it feels like such a brilliantly authentic version of that downtown music scene. And, you know, and that whole uptown downtown dichotomy, I've used that word <laughs> uptown, New York. Downtown, the uptown <laughs> funk and the downtown this. <laughs> exactly. <Yes>. Um, <laughs> so if you're in, uh, so so it's, it's, it's catnip for me because I love all that stuff. So yeah. it feels, yeah, they've done a brilliant job. And this <laughs> comes to the Apple TV Plus it does come to the Apple TV Plus dropping week on by week. May the 12th, which I believe is next Friday. Starting on May the 12th. May the 12th be with you. Uh, right. Okay, well, those are the shows that we have covered. Now, I should pause here and say, normally we would then go into a fourth show, and that is a show that we are going to cover on mm. Pilot Plus. But it has been decided that rather than covering Not Dead Yet on Pilot Plus, which we've all decided we don't really feel that <laughs> needs covering because it feels inessential. Also, they won't send us screeners. And they won't send us yeah, screeners. Like, there's the other part they won't send us screeners yeah. for it. But we're like, do you know what? Let's not do that. What we're going to do on Pilot Plus this week is we are going to continue the cultural exchange program, whereby we will watch something that we wouldn't normally watch. Obviously, I've already done my part with Colin from Accounts, so I don't need to participate. That was my but, gift to you. Thank you. Uh, but what we said we would do is that Boydie <laughs> is going to pick out an episode of Doctor Who oh, yeah. that Kay, crucially, is going to watch. I will watch it as well. But we are going to watch an episode and then we are going to reconvene <laughs> and we are going to discuss this episode of Doctor Who. So Boydie, throwing you in the deep end yeah, as I I'm know. about to, what is it going to I, be? You've had, I, a, you've had a long time to think no, about yeah, this I still now. Decided. You've had weeks. You've I had literal decided. weeks. Okay, that I means know. we don't have to do it. No, you do. I would, and it I cannot be one you've made me watch in the past. Oh, what have I made you watch in the past? I watched Blink. Blink. And I watched the one where Peter Capaldi is walking around some weird Oh, you're on his own, the solo episode. Yes. Yeah, okay, I won't do that one. Uh, I think it's probably going to be Midnight, which was a David Tennant episode. Not um, the Taylor Swift album. Not the Taylor Swift album, no. Um, but I I, I, um, I did speak to a Who, a, a doctor recently, an actual doctor, an actual doctor Who, um, one, of the, one of the great Time Lords, and um, confirmed that that is one of their favourite episodes. So um, I might choose that which one, but I Lord? still reserve the right... What? Which Time Lord? Yeah, you're being coy. David who Tenet, was it? David it was David Tennant. Right, fine. David Tennant. Right, yeah. fine. Um, who's obviously it's, it's one of his episodes. Okay. Um, so I might choose that one, but I need to just double check. I need to double check. There might be a couple. I've had a few suggestions from from listeners as well. So okay. give me till tomorrow morning and I will decide. Uh, okay, decide. Fine. fine. Well, you have to let us know and then we will yeah. tackle that on this week's Pilot Plus as well as our spoiler chat on episode, I want to say... Seven, seven of seven. Succession and six of Yellow Jackets. Yes. So, yes. yes. Uh, but what else is on oh. this week, Boydie? What else is on? Well, James, um, I'm just flicking through the page. It hits the loud um, noise, sorry. <laughs> Not but... Dead Yet is apparently on Disney+, Plus, but they oh, won't yeah. send the screeners, so we yeah, don't know anything about that. Although it has aired in the States. Correct. Um, there, do you know what? One thing I'm really excited about, which I haven't seen yet, is this documentary about J.D. Salinger, who I am obsessed mm. with, the author of Catch in the Rye, and that's on Sky Arts on Tuesday at 9pm, K. And it's supposed to be brilliant, because if it's... It, Interviews like genuine friends and colleagues of him, oh, wow. of J.D. Sanji. Yeah, so if you're a famously reclusive um, uh, character, uh, there's Kate's excited about the race across the world final on Wednesday, aren't you? Obviously, yeah. Um, you know, remember Irving Welsh's crime, which was on ITV, um, uh, no, Britbox, it was on Britbox, and I think we reviewed the first episode. Did we? I think so. It rings a vague yeah. bell, actually. Yeah. Yes, New Grace Scott. In, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yeah. yes, we did. Well, that is on ITVX from Thursday, the whole thing, the original series, and series two is coming along soon. There's a thing called The Shake on Paramount Plus, which is a um a kind of sitcom, I believe, an eight-part sitcom um about, about a man- an actual shake. About an actual show, or a man who gets ridiculed as a village idiot in his hometown is all is all I know, and I think pretends to be a shake or something. I'm not sure. I haven't watched it. I don't know. I'm not sure about um, that. 
Jada Pinkett Smith's Queen Cleopatra is on Netflix from Wednesday. That's a series. Is it, is it coming at you? It's coming at you exactly. Oh my god! Oh amazing. my god! No, <laughs> who, who knew? <laughs> this shouldn't be encouraged. Um, I think that's mainly it. It's not not the greatest week, which is why we ended up doing the fucking Muppets. Is Eurovision? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it shouldn't be a shot if we're reviewing Muppets Mayhem. That should be evidence. If evidence were required, yeah. that it is not a banner week for television. You haven't you think... mentioned the cultural event that is Eurovision. Well, I would get the cultural event is Eurovision. not the fact that there's a king being. Coronated. It's the fact that Eurovision's on. Yeah, yeah. Um, is this it's a I mean, big week for events for low? Well, I was thinking, is that partly why the TV is running scared? Yeah, it is partly why. Yeah, because yeah. there, there's a lot of hours been given over to the bloody coronation. Indeed, um, the bloody coronation, which, which one is clearly going to watch. Spread allegiance. Um, but yes, that's and the famous monarchist Boyd Hill. Exactly. The Eurovision semi-finals are on. Kay, since you asked, mm-hmm. uh, James, have you ever watched Eurovision? Oh, fuck no. <laughs> Good reaction. On Tuesday and Thursday, and then the finals on Saturday, four hours of it at least from eight o'clock. So, so, so I have to say about Eurovision, funny, the BBC has gone absolutely do lally over it. I mean, pretty much every BBC show on the radio and TV from now until the final next Saturday has some kind of Eurovision twist. You know the book review programme that Sarah Cox does on BBC mm. Two? They're reviewing books Isn't it between the sheets from countries no? that have got to the finals of Eurovision or something. There's some between kind of Between the weird, covers? What am I talking vague, about? Between um, the covers, yeah, yeah thank you. Um, it is insane how much Eurovision stuff there is on. So People yeah, that's it. partly why there's nothing else in television. Yeah. So Eurovision party at James's then? Oh yeah, because <laughs> obviously when this goes out, the coronation will have coronated. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's why. Have fashion. I can, yeah, that's so yeah. I'm getting all my I'm getting all my dates got all and confused. times. I didn't yeah. want to correct you. Yeah. I just thought right. let me go with it. You're right. Yeah. It's the big You're concert right. on Sunday. Yeah, which uh, it's all it's all very Richie. confusing. <laughs> There you go. Excellent. Okay, great. Well, that was so, the podcast. No, no, no. No? Oh, a pick of the week. We need yeah. a pick oh, of the week. yeah. Oh, I mean, City on Fire. It's got City Well, City on Fire is the only thing <laughs> yeah. I would consider watching oh, no, again. I mean, so, £10 pumps is good as well, but City yeah. on Fire is... In City on Fire. Yes, yes, very good. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Okay, good. We are um, in agreement. We are in agreement for the first time ever. Well, for the first time in a while. Uh, that was the show. If you enjoyed it, please do head over to Apple TV Plus Podcasts uh, and give us a five script rating. Uh, we had some Android pushback on this. That, yeah. Uh, oh, that, yeah. And that, I said you. Were, I said we were going to look into it, but what I well, meant no, was you. you were, well, so my understanding of this is like you can leave reviews, I believe, on Spotify. I don't know if you actually can, but I think you might be able to. You can definitely leave reviews on Apple Podcasts. I don't. Is there an Android equivalent, like a, like a repository for reviews on Android? I didn't think there was. If I'm wrong, That's please correct me. Well, no, because there are Android apps where you can oh, right. channel podcasts, but I don't believe there's a. You know, there's not a like a thing right. like Apple. This is the best of my knowledge. I don't own an Android phone, so I couldn't say. Anyway, if there is one, let me know and I will mention that as well. But in the meantime, please find someone with an iPhone and uh, uh, leave an Apple podcast While we're review. on it, I just want to give a little shout out to Mel, who very sweetly, um, someone on, you know, someone who tweeted us about the fact that they couldn't leave a review and the whole Android thing mm. and blah, blah, blah. And um, Mel very sweetly said for the person Simon to DM her his review and then she'll happily just post copy and paste. Yeah, but she can't do that because she clearly would not be offering to do that if she had not already left us her own review. And clearly you can't leave a second review under someone else's name. Oh, because oh. you need to sign in, don't you? So this, she's no, what she she's actually doing accomplished. is she said it's oh. really well. Then that means she hasn't James, written stop, a review. Stop besmirching Mel's good name. <laughs> Unbelievable, Mel. I can only apologise yeah. for this unprecedented attack I, on your honour. I think honor. there's 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 skullduggery afoot. Okay, Mel, get in touch if you think James is a bell end. But I just wanted to say thank you for doing that because it's very kind of you. Okay, great. On next week's show, I don't know what we're going to be doing because I'm looking at the schedule now and it is not looking great. So Fear the Walking Dead's final season starts next week. (laughs) Frankly, it may come to that. We'll see. No No Escape comes to Paramount Plus. Yes, No Escape. Um, 
And there's yes. something on Amazon Freebie as well, good Primo. There's also Still Town Murders from BBC One. Oh, okay. True crime okay. and drama. Without Sin comes to ITV One with Vicky McClure. That was on... Oh, so we have some things. Yeah, there's, there's, there's possibilities. Good, that was, then we'll yeah. have a podcast. <laughs> exactly. This works well. This works well. Okay, so do join us for that. And of course, if you are a Pilot Plus subscriber, do join us on Thursday for this week's Cultural Exchange, where we'll be watching a to-be-decided episode of Doctor Who. You do not even want to know the face that Kay just pulled when I said that. <laughs> um, which is exciting. And it's only one ninety nine a month. One ninety nine. Oh. Oh. You know, a paltry sum of money for which you couldn't even buy a copy of Heat magazine. You couldn't <laughs> even go to Australia. You couldn't even go to Australia. You could More not. Importantly. That would have been a better joke. Well done, yeah. Kay. Uh, you could not even go to Australia for one ninety nine a month. That is absolutely true. But you can subscribe to Pilot TV Plus. You get more of this. And have more of this <laughs> chaos in your ears every week. Just imagine oh, this, dear. but like twice as much hmm. and twice as funny. Well, I think that's overselling. Twice yeah. as much and half as funny. Yes. Excellent. Brilliant. See you then. Pilot out.